You're listening to Movie Sucktastic. Welcome to another episode of Movie Sucktastic. Yes, we're back. We're we back. are back. Uh, this episode, we're going to talk about our movie challenges from the previous episode, which was my challenge to Scott was Heaven's Gate, mm-hmm. and Scott's challenge to me was Robocop 3. Oh, yes. So we're going to talk a little bit about that, but first, let's do the top 10. <laughs> Uh, the top ten here is actually for January 15th to January 18th, and it covers the four-day holiday weekend, mm-hmm. okay? And it puts Avatar in its fifth week, again, at the number one spot with $48 million. I've got, I've got a comment on that after we're done with the top and, ten. you know, the movie... R- remind me, sir? Yeah, sure. Okay, sure. I, I will forget, but I, I, I had to touch on Avatar again. Right now, it's at $460 million because the Friday actuals was actually around... Uh, Ten million. That's domestic. Just here, right? Yeah, it's already domestic. over a billion worldwide. It's one point four billion. It's yeah. only four hundred million shy of Titanic. But just to delve into that, just very, very briefly, I really don't care how much you take this movie to heart. You could have loved it. That's fine. But when you start talking about how much money it's making, you have to consider two things. One, the ticket price is between ten and twelve dollars. That is just the the fact. You're just not a believer. No, I'm not. Like we've talked about, we didn't hate the film, but it's just complete. You know it's just completely overrated. You know, I got to touch on that, so let's just right. skip it. Let's skip that and right. keep the, the and list. you have to you have to include inflation. There's just no right. way you, you have to. If you're you're charging twelve dollars a ticket, you have to include inflation. Right. But, All right. But it's still number one. It's they're estimating it. They're estimating the number one, right? Yeah. Even though the Friday actuals for the Book of Eli was somewhere around twelve million, so it was actually beating Avatar. Friday. Mm-hmm. So, realistically, I get the feeling that it's going to be kind of a neck and neck. And they have uh, the Book of Eli for its four day at thirty five million, which realistically is probably going to be a little bit low because since the fact that it made twelve million Friday night, it's probably going to do thirty million just based on Friday to Sunday. Now, now I got to tell you, I mean, January is always the week, you know, the, the month where movies go to die. Yes, but every now and then you get that one film where they release it in January where you're not quite sure. Like all right, is they did this because it was bad? Usually, it's or, based on test audiences. But but some every now and then they take a movie that they know is going to do well and put it in January, just because there's no competition. Like they, they're not sure it's going to do great, but they know it's not a bad movie. Right. So no, no, you're 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 definitely right with that. With because... Eli, because and I'll admit my bias here. I do like Denzel Washington. Yeah. Uh, does this one have the over the shoulder look? Uh, I think one of the posters has it. The poster, so. <laughs> every poster, every film. If you look at every Denzel Washington film or poster, there's that over the shoulder look where he just looks over the shoulder. <laughs> it's, it's just great. Uh, and but I, I'm also a huge a sucker for post apocalyptic films. Yeah, the road's uh, opening up this weekend, right? That's right. Yeah, so we should see it tonight. 
I, I'm up for that. No, it's too depressing. I gotta watch that alone. No, okay. Um, <laughs> okay. I gotta watch that alone, like sobbing to myself gently. Uh, so with Book of Eli, uh-huh. I'm torn as to whether it's gonna really suck or whether it's just well. Well, you know what? It's got a Gary Oldman in it, and he always gives a solid performance. Yeah, but this but is he his... doesn't always pick good films. Well, where I'm going is this is his second year in a row with a January release. Last year was The Unborn, which was, <laughs> which was released don't, last not, January. Not while I'm drinking, sir, please. <laughs> so I, I just don't know if he's had a bit of bad luck lately, uh, but he's this is his second January film in a row. So it's like, I don't know where you went, Gary, but start reading your scripts a little bit more closely. Uh, but then again, we don't know if Book of Eli is a stinker yet. I, I'm so. iffy on that, yeah. I wanna, And I'm not reading reviews on it. So what's next? Right. Uh, Lovely Bones. It's estimated to be number three with uh, $21 million. I You know what? I don't even think it's going to do that because the Friday actuals were actually somewhere in the range of – it was $5.7 million for the mm-hmm. Friday actuals. Uh, for the four-day – It looks like it, a really – it looks like a very touching touching film about the rape and murder of a young child. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and what did I say the other day? Yeah, yeah, you you, you, you mused I, online that... I, I, I don't understand why the adult film community hasn't jumped at the chance to make an adult an adult movie called The Lovely Boner. Because they probably don't want to be linked to a film that involves pedophilia and child murder. And I said Scott has just given the adult film community way too much credit. Do, they're, they're, way too much credit. They do not give a shit about that. No, they just care about the title. Ever since the whole Tracy Lords fiasco, they're a little touchy when it comes to the underage stuff. But it's not going to have anything to do with the plot of the film, period. You know what? It's just going to harp on the title, and that's it. And it'll do well. If Trust me. It's going to be Gonzo. You want them to purpose not. There's not even going to be girls and pigtails in this one. Just, I guarantee Just using it. the name will piss off the religious right, because the whole movie's <laughs> about heaven and God and stuff. I just don't think they'll have a problem. We shall see. Hey. I'm, I'm going to keep my eyes out for that now. Just to, okay. All right. <laughs> the number four is Alvin and Alvin and the Chipmunks, the Squeakquel. Right. And that's estimated to bring in fifteen point two million for the four day. No comment. Yeah, you know I don't care. It's a kids uh, film. It just, yeah, uh, you know mm-hmm. what? And it's made a ton of money, so you know there's going to be. It's, a, like, it's like criticizing SpongeBob cartoons for not having depth. So it's, it's, it's yeah. a kids movie. Just there's going to go. be an Al- Alvin and the Chipmunks threequel or whatever they decide to call it. So I don't know. If you want, you can use that. Just you know, send check of JF Guida. Uh, like, let's it, like they haven't already <laughs> copyrighted that name. Come on, I'm sure they have. Uh, number five is the Spy Next Door, with seventeen point five million for its four day. Uh, you know what? I don't even know anything about this movie. Jackie Chan. That's right. Okay, never mind. I take that back. And you know what? And it's a January release. I... And it's and you know what? If you want a really good candidate for a January release, this is this is it. Uh, I I got a soft spot for Jackie Chan. First of all, I grew up well, with like the guy. a Tooth Fairy movie with The Rock. I mean, give me a break. You, all right, is the Tooth Fairy in the top ten? No. All right, well, I'm going to touch on Tooth Fairy. Uh, with this, actually, I think it comes. Does it come out next weekend? Is it next weekend? I think it comes out next weekend. Jack, I have a soft spot for Jackie Chan, and also, sure, like the medallion was complete crap, like mind-bogglingly bad. <laughs> yeah, we really, it was. Have, we really have to. Re- I have to rewatch that so we can talk about that mind-bogglingly bad. It was atrocious. But the tuxedo was kind of fun. Had a really great bad guy, <laughs> and you know, when it comes to like like kids re- kids action films, right. he's still okay. And 
And it, I, I don't begrudge him doing kids' films now, too, because, come on, there's only so long you can, like, run in the walls head first until you say, maybe I should slow down a bit. Well, hopefully... Uh, maybe I should make some kids laugh instead of jumping off of five-story buildings. Hopefully this summer, uh, when The Karate Kid comes out, where I have, a, I have a hole in my head! <laughs> I can't jump off the building anymore! I have a hole in my head! <laughs> Feel that hole! It's like a Pop-O-Matic he has up there. It's a little plastic thing. Yeah, just... Yeah, you know when he's when he's done from Armor of God, he fell out of that yeah. tree. It's like, you know, so yeah, he's now he's like doing tricks with bikes and like throwing kids up in the air. Leave him alone. <laughs> <laughs> Can your mama do that? Yeah. As for the tooth fairy, I do not begrudge the Rock that. When you consider the fact that he's a pro wrestler, yeah, not an actor, I I don't begrudge him taking the Tim Allen route. He's just if he he, if he, he could he, probably if Tim Allen can do the Santa Claus and not get shit. I'm not giving. Yeah, but I'm they not, also make over a hundred million dollars. I'm not giving The Rock the shit for doing the Tooth Fairy. He's doing a kids' films. Disney's paying well. He's not going to win an Oscar. He does no, not. No. His 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 acting career is not heading towards greatness. It never will. He knows that. So he's just making he's making fun no, films I think for if kids. He just stuck towards uh, maybe the action or action yeah, comedy because that works so well for Dolph Lundgren. And and he's and, already more successful than Dolph Lundgren. Come yeah, on. Dolph Lundgren yeah. is doing Universal Soldier two. Two with no uh, three, three, three. Is it I mean, three? Yeah, it's three, and it's you got to be kidding me. Yeah, but but Dolph Lundgren was hot at a time when he was cranking out films. And I think he didn't know I, his name. I'm almost positive he's in the new uh, Sylvester Stallone uh, machine, The Expendables, G- which the, is coming out August of 2010. I'm, I'm not, and that could resurge his career amongst other people, mm-hmm. including Jean Claude Van Damme, if he wasn't an idiot and yeah. took the role. The, just, I don't know. I'm not saying the Tooth Fairy. I'm not saying the Tooth Fairy will be a good film, and I'm not looking to trash it because it's a kids' film, and those, those aren't really made to spec right. anyway. But I do not begrudge The Rock because if he took that, the, if he took the Dolph Rundgren or Claude Van Damme angle and just kept doing straight roles and kept doing, I mean, action roles, right. he would burn himself out and he'd be a joke like them. But he's, he's taking the Disney cash. Which also we will too. We you know this <laughs> Disney's movie Sucktastic. We we will do the. Can you see movie Sucktastic? The ride. <laughs> Sure. Like, like it's like. A, Have you seen our business card? It yeah. looks like a ride. I, the, the thing, you know, they, they lock you, you know, in. It's and it got takes the, you, the the letters almost Indiana Jones ish. I mean, come on. I, I can see like it taking you through tunnels, and you come out, and you like you're in the middle of scenes from all these different bad movies. <laughs> like, you, like you go through like one of the gunfights in Ballistic X versus Sever. <laughs> then you like you find yourself in Crazy Town and Jim Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, 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 you look like everyone that just came out of the Willy Wonka tunnel in the film. <laughs> then you go through like a really bad scene of Star Star Wars, the new yeah. ones. But then at the end of it, Lucas is like hunched over, just counting his money, and you just like drive by that. And this one belonged to you. So we're we're all we're, you know. I'm going to copyright that movie. Sucktastic, the ride. <laughs> Start making sketches. Yeah, why not? But we digress. All right. Next up is Sherlock Holmes. Uh, <laughs> Uh, that's supposed to take in estimated eleven point eight million for the four day. That was it was awesome, good. But uh, it's doing very well too. I mean, it, if Avatar was now, it'd be like the number one film for the holidays. Absolutely, yeah. not for the year, but definitely for the holidays, mm. it would have been the number one film. No holiday, holiday. Yeah. Would, like in in the box office now, it'd be the topper. Yes, yes. Uh, I mean, it's already pushing. It's one hundred eighty one million after this estimated weekend. If it does that, mm-hmm. it, it's definitely gonna it's definitely gonna push over two hundred million. Probably even closer to two fifty, and it's, it you deserves know? it. And, that? and I can't wait for a sequel. So oh, it's just it's just gonna be great. I want to see who they cast. Oh no, let's let's gloss. All right, gloss okay. over. Uh, let's see. It's complicated. We're trying to keep it on track, folks. No, I know. we do tend to digress. We're yeah. trying to keep it on track. 
it's complicated in the number seven spot with nine point six five million over its four day. And again, it's it's I've I know people that have seen it, they've loved it. I've known people that have seen it, they didn't like it. It's just not my kind of film. I'm not going to trash it. I'm sure it's very good for its target audience. It's just not me, so I don't care. That's mm-hmm. just how I feel about it. Yeah, I'm sure. You know what? I'm positive that Meryl Streep will get an Oscar nomination, but probably not for this. And by the way, that's not a cop out because we'll be the first to admit that Twilight's not. Our, uh, we're not the demographic for Twilight, but we'll still trash that. Yeah. So we're, we're not we're not copping out on that. It's just honestly, it doesn't look like a bad film. It's just not something either of us want to see. Yeah, I I actually think Meryl Streep will get nominated for uh, Julie and Julia for playing Julia Child. Yeah, I'm so I'm already tired of hearing about that movie. But I'm pretty. Did you, positive. Did you hear about the sequel? The, the woman wrote a second book. No, she wrote a second book out, and and apparently it's it's like it's all about her having an affair, and a lot of a lot of critics are just saying, yeah, you know what? Too much information. <laughs> And we don't like you anymore. Like you're really not appealing person anymore. Well, you know, you know <laughs> it's like like I'm, like the book. Everyone's out of love with this woman, and now every like now when the movie is like, yeah, Julia Child, she's great. Let's like, this woman's just her whole. She, she she's actually done more for Julia Roberts' career at this point than she's doing for her own right now. Julia Roberts. Julia uh, Childs. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, where were you when I was on the radio show? I'm, I, made, I'm, so, I know, made a couple mistakes. I had to double time. back. Say, yeah, if Joy, if Joy was here, he would have told me it's not uh, Christopher Reeves that did the Superman TV show, but George, George Reeves. <laughs> and, uh, and 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 uh, John Wayne did not play a Japanese person in a film. He played Genghis Khan in The Conqueror, and as we all know, Genghis Khan was Greek. So <laughs> anyway, yeah. uh, any, uh, anyway, next. Uh, well, no, but very quickly with the Julie and Julia thing, where you were going with that, how yeah. she's hated. Even not, ha- with, not hated, but... Well, well not liked. But, even but with this film... It's just like that now everybody's realizing, yeah, there's a bit too much hype around the first book, and yeah, the, everyone likes the movie, but... But even with this film, they are saying... I've, I haven't seen it yet, but I've known a lot of people that have. Yeah, I know, and I know they, what you're they saying. Basic, what they say is, the parts with Amy Adams, like that part of the film where it's modern day, mm-hmm. is... Very, very okay. Nothing special about it. They don't like it that much. When they do the flashbacks to Julia Child, that's they, the they, yeah, they love that. They they wish the whole movie was that, and that's, it just kind of show. Just kind of what basically what I'm getting at is it where you were saying that she writes the second book and everyone's kind of done with her. Yeah, they were kind of done done with her with the movie too. Uh, and that's got to be kind of a hard thing where she, you know, it was a blog. She was doing a blog, right? And uh, we've done a, we we do a blog as well, and we're we're more than ready to to sell out and do the movie Sarcastic Movie, which uh, it 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 goes it follows us modern day, and then it flashes back to uh, the what back to the comic book store. No, it flashes back back to to the the film career of uh, Jean Claude Van Damme. Mm. So you'll be watching us, and then you'll you'll go back to Time Cop, and then you come back to us modern you day. You play Dolph Lundgren. I, I could. Tall. I can't do any. I can't do accents. No. <laughs> but it, it's funny. She had a blog, and then the blog was a success. So they gave her a contract. They made a right. book, and the book was a hit. So then they make the movie, and the movie comes out, and then her second book comes out. To t- you know, the time with the film. Right. And then everybody kind of says, "Yeah, well, we like Julia Childs, but like, it's like the the money machine behind the publishing of the book, and then the movie forced you know pushed it. Right. But then it was oh, the only thing that saved the film." Was the talents of uh, Glenn, who, who played Julia, Julia Childs? Childs? Oh, Meryl Streep. Meryl Streep. Thank you. I'm sorry. I, I was for some reason Glenn Close popped in my head. No, um, she hasn't done anything notable. No, no. I'm just my, the names. The names. I, I, my, my mind is a scramble. 
But I just I think I just think, it's, I just think it's funny that like it's it's like how how hard it's got to be for her. Is, yeah, no one no one loves me. <laughs> I mean, she made the money, so she can't complain. Oh yeah. But, uh, okay. Next up is Leap Year, which is another Amy Adams film. Which one's that? I don't, have I seen the trailer? That's the that? one where Amy Adams is waiting to be proposed by her fiance or her boyfriend, who she wants to become her fiance. She wants him to propose marriage to her, and he goes to Dublin, and her father basically tells her that she should go to Dublin because there's this one day out of the year there where a woman can propose to a man and it's okay. So she basically goes there and she ends up somewhere they, in Scotland. They, they can also vote on the, the, that day too. <laughs> she, she had, I think she ends up somewhere in Scotland and her she basically needs a ride to, to Dublin. And I, I, You know what? I'm already bored. <laughs> And it is a January release, so... you no, already lost I me, mean, sir. I saw that coming. Well, anyway, she tries to get a ride, and she she, she, sucks. she tries to get a ride to Dublin, and... You're still going with this. Well, I started. I, want, right, finish, I just want to finish. finish. I just finish, want to finish. finish. Well, where I'm going with it is the guy that gives her the ride yes. is the guy that played Ozymandias in The Watchmen. Ah. So, it's kind of... I'm still bored. <laughs> I'm just saying, it's it's... He goes from Watchmen to this... That's all I got to say. Anyway, of course, it's your your generic plot where they fall in love, and I'm sure they end up together in the end, and mm-hmm. they, she finds out that her fiancé or to-be fiancé is a real jerk, all that. So usually you find out like three years after the wedding. Right, but because it's yeah. a movie, she'll find out before, and it'll be a happy ending. Yeah, That's the part I don't believe. You had me up until the part where she realizes before the wedding goes on that the guy's yeah, a... And that film's called Leap Year... And that's estimated to I think I, at 7.2 for its four. I think four, I heard the name day. in passing in the past week, but other than that, I had no idea what it was about. Oh, Amy Adams? No, no, the oh, movie. Oh, the movie? Amy yeah. Adams. Well, I'll tell you what. When I was putting up the top ten on the website, and I always I always refer to to uh, Box Office Mojo for my top ten, yes. which were, don't mind doing an advertisement for Box Office Mojo. Well, anyway, it, when I was looking at it, it was one of the new films, and I was like, I'm scratching my head. I'm like, what the hell is this movie? I never heard of it. And then when I go to put the trailer up, I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. you're right. And then, moving. moving. Moving on. on. Uh, the Blind Side, which is still making money. Oh, yes. I mean, that movie is just probably going to be just... Best Picture nominated, Sandra Bullock Best Actress. It's probably going to get all kinds of nominations. It's made over two hundred million. Actually, it's been with this weekend estimate of seven point one. It should be around two hundred twenty-eight million for the four-day, or I mean seven point one for the four-day, two twenty-eight total. Yeah, I'm done it, with that. Yeah, but just expect to hear a lot more of it come Oscar time. We'll, we'll probably end up watching the damn thing for the Oscar episode, which we'll talk about in a, uh, in a few well, minutes. Well, now that there's ten nominations, there's ten movies that I probably... There's probably going to be eight movies I don't really care about seeing. But we're going to have to... I'm yeah. going to watch all ten. Yeah. We, I watched all five. I'm going to watch all ten. Yeah, what, what's, what's next? Uh, and last on the list is George Clooney's Up in the Air with $6.8 million for the four-day and a $64 million total. I got a feeling George Clooney's career is going. Has he has he gotten an Oscar for Best Actor yet? He's gotten nominated a few times. I got a feeling that his um, career is going to be mimic Cary Grant's, ironically, because I think they both have a lot in common as far as performance and style. Where okay. I, I think this is a this is a definite Oscar bid. This is okay. I want an Oscar. Here's the movie I want to do for an Oscar. Uh, every time Cary Grant did that, he always picked the wrong film. Okay, and he always ended up turning down a film 
and that lead actor would get an Oscar. Oh. And I got a okay. feeling this is going to be one of those for him. I think it's gonna, it's his Oscar bid, and he's not going to get it for this just because it's his Oscar bid. Okay. Well, and that and that, and that followed Cary Grant all the way up to his final film, uh, Mother Goose. Which, oh and yeah, that, that was like the big. Oh, this is his final chance at an Oscar, and he didn't get it. Yeah, I think that's what's what what also happened with Peter O'Toole, mm-hmm. where he's been getting nominated more and more. Uh, lately, and he's in his eighties, and he's n- still not winning. But I th- think but the thing was with Cary Grant is like he would specifically pick films and say, "This is my Oscar film." Right. And I and I, I think you know what? I don't know if Clooney's doing that only because I'm not calling him egotistical or, or no, 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 or, no, 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 no. I, think, no. I know where you're I, going in with his it. career. You, you've got to make those kind of decisions. Like, yeah, yeah, this could be this could be my Oscar. Yeah, you know, because where else has he got to go now? He's he's a big money maker. Is now it's sure. like okay, now I want my Oscar. He's a definite box office draw. So I, I mean, no I, matter I, what he does. So that's and, my and this on that. and that's directed by Jason Reitman, who is the guy that did Juno. I'm still not going to watch. No, no, no. I'm just saying it, it's it's gotten a lot of critical acclaim. It's supposed to be very, very good. You know, things of that nature. I, so. I like my romantic comedies a bit quirky. <laughs> like, like Arthur. I love Arthur. Harold and Maude. Love Arthur. That was just on not that long ago. What a great film. If any of you Street are listening and, and, and have never seen Arthur, really take the time to rent it netflix who hasn't seen arthur come on not everyone is a seasoned listener everyone has i mean seen you arthur. could we could be the 14 year old could be listening to our show they've never seen arthur Ar- they're not old enough yeah they should have seen it <laughs> why in the kids, womb kids these days uh-huh so so uh, all right so now we do something called the finger list ah! which is this is where we we take a look at the top 10 films in the theater this weekend and we decide which one of those top 10 films we would rather cut our pinky finger off than rather see. rather than see and sometimes it's an easy call, sometimes it's a hard call. Well, I'll tell you what. Which I already you... know what movie, for me, and I definitely would not see... I would definitely cut my pinky finger off and then to see Leap Year. That would be... That's mine. Hmm. I personally... I mean, Spy Next Door, yeah, that's an easy one. Jackie! It's a, well, right, I'm just saying it's an easy one because it's probably going to be terrible, but it's Jackie Chan. It's Jackie! I have a soft spot for Jackie Chan. Huh. Um... Book of Eli, I actually do want to see it. So, yeah. you know, just because it's a January release, like we were saying before, doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be bad. Usually does, but... It usually does. Um, you know, you I'm... Know, I'm, I'm, I'm even I'm, the Alvin and the Chipmunks, if that was on and I was channel surfing, I'd probably keep it on. It's a kid's film. I probably wouldn't care if it was on. You know, I... I Leap Year I'm, is just a film I just, like you said, when just me describing it, you were already bored... Yeah. That's how I know I'd be through the whole film. At least with something like, say, the Alvin and the Chipmunks and, uh, and also, film, it's going to have laughs. And don't forget, when we, when we say, we're not saying we'd rather cut our finger off than see the film. We're saying we'd rather cut our finger off than sit in a theater and sit through it. Yeah. Yeah, if it's on cable, um, you know, maybe. Well, I, for story. me, it'd be a tie between Leap Year and Alvin and the Chipmunks. There's no ties. No, no, I'm saying oh. it would be a tie. Uh, and since you picked Leap Year up, I, th- I think Elvin the Chipmunks deserves to be recognized on the finger list. Okay. Just, just, <laughs> I mean, between the two, both are going to be boring and annoying, but I got a feeling that there's two kinds of kids' movies right now. There's the kind that are actually kind of cool and fun, yeah. like uh, Shorts. Oh, yeah. Uh, Robert Rodriguez's Shorts. Yep. Hilarious. I, I mean, I'm not a fan of the Spy Kids films, never right. cared for them, but this, that was just great. Yeah, the, he just went a whole different The telephonesis <laughs> and, and the storytelling. It was just a fun film. Helvetica. Helvetica. Oh, that's... <laughs> if, if you don't have kids, see Shorts. But, 
But then there's other kind of kids' film where it's just they crank it out to make money, and it's mind-numbing. I got a feeling yeah, Elvin and, that, and, and that's what is, that is. Yeah, so I don't think I can handle that. Uh, I think I would be able to handle it more than Leap Year, personally. There you go. So just so, because Leap Year is really not my kind of film. So my 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 pinky goes towards Elvin, and your pinky goes towards Leap Year. Sounds good. Okay. All right. That's the finger list. That is the finger list. Now we mentioned Oscars. Yeah. Oscar time is quickly approaching. The nominations come out... Uh, February 2nd. Feb- yeah, first week in February. They come out Tuesday, the same day that it's Lost... Tu- it's a Tuesday? I'm pretty sure it's a Tuesday, isn't Usually it? it's a Monday. Is it a Monday? I don't know, but usually they announce it the Monday after the week. You know what? I'll let you know right now. I'll tell you exactly when it is. It, Always uh, fact-checking me. Well, you know how I love facts. Yeah. If it is February second, ah, it, it would be a Tuesday. I looked it up on their site. It's a Tuesday. Okay, they're releasing it Tuesday, which also happens to be the the, the day that Lost premieres the season. <laughs> it's a double. And did you hear the whole thing with Lost, where fans were writing into the White House for what? Because the State of the Union was usually usually held was going to be held on this Tuesday. Oh, they're and, saying to hold off. And they were like, "Please don't, please don't. We have enough trouble watching this damn show as it is. Please don't, uh, <laughs> don't bump it." Think they're going to listen? They did. Oh, really? Yeah, but, uh, but I, th- I think the word is that they didn't listen to the audience as much as they listened to Disney <laughs> saying, uh, don't. Uh, you know, don't, they, don't do it because we, we control the animatronic bush. <laughs> and, and, you know, if you want things to go nicely right now, just... just. <laughs> but, That's very interesting. So they, they actually moved it or they're, they're, they did something where they're not going to bump Lost. Okay, good. So, but yeah, so there's a double whammy out there, and we're still in the process of figuring out what we're doing for the Oscars. But we're definitely doing an Oscar show. Yeah, I, I really think we'll have some sort of an Oscar party at my house. Set up the mic and just let it go. And we can either release it in one whole chunk, or in two parts, or in two parts, or we can edit down to the best of. Yeah, we'll have to see like how much. Uh, yeah, we'll just see how much you know fodder is just in the background. How much we're not talking, you know, things yeah. like that. We'll make you, it, we'll make you know it when it comes to films, it's kind of hard to get us going, you know. <laughs> well, it's going to be a room in a room with a lot of other people, yeah. so it just might be a lot of just maybe stuff people wouldn't want to listen. to. Oh, and we're going to have a lot to talk about because. Uh, as we do every year, or we try to, we're going to be watching all the Best Picture nominees. Correct. And we'll be discussing them. And yep. since they have 10 this year, we have a lot yep. to talk about. Yeah. Plus, we also fill out the ballots ourselves and see who comes closest to getting the most. I don't know if I'm doing that this year. Why not? I don't know. It's fun. I guess. I, it's just, Why? I mean, is it because I always win every No, because I'm just jaded. I'm used to being wrong. <laughs> but I, I'm just jaded now. I'm, I'm on my... If if we weren't doing the podcast, right. I probably wouldn't want to watch the Oscars this year. Last year, I walked out when uh, as soon as the song and dance number with Hugh Jackman. It's like I'm done. That's you know you, you had me up until uh, yeah. top hat hour. Is he coming back? I forgot who I forgot who's doing it. It was right. I, I heard and was like, oh, that's interesting, and I forgot again. So it wasn't anybody I, I like especially. Okay, fine. You know, it's not Colbert or anything. Or John Stewart. Mm. He did it once, I think. If so. Jack Black ever does it, I'm just going to take my life. That's it. Right? Like, I'm, I'm, I'll, there, well, you know what? There, I'm going to do. On, I'll run on stage and take my life there. My, 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 my the blood from my, my bloody brains will splash on the Jack Black's face before they cut to a commercial. That'll be like the last thing you see of me. Uh, <laughs> but and then, ironically, it'll help his career. I was just going to say, yeah. you were, you probably help his career by doing it. Yeah. Because him hosting the Oscars, not to say that that would kind of be the the bottom of someone's career but why would you want to 
I don't know. I mean, I, what, two billion people watch? I mean, is that enough? I, I would host it wearing a gorilla costume. <laughs> yeah. And then they go to somebody else right after. <laughs> I, they would Scott know. Wilson was going to host the Oscars tonight, but he came out in a gorilla costume. They'll have to drag so my ass off stage. They'll get one of those... Uh, because of the things where I just walk out in the gorilla suit and, like, and, and actually handcuff myself to the podium. <laughs> Bring it! <laughs> they'll they'll pull you off with uh, what early nineteenth uh, early nineteenth the century hook, the, hook. the hook will come out. <laughs> um, uh. So so that's coming up soon. So so stay tuned. Yeah, no, uh, definitely very soon. Uh, yeah, it's when they you know what when they announce and a half. when they announce the the nominees we'll probably do an episode just about the nominees. Oh sure. Oh definitely. Um, well, you know what? I I don't know them. I mean, well. <laughs> We could kind of go through that very quickly because once you get to the technical stuff like sound and special effects, it's interesting. But you know what the thing is, too? I'd rather talk about it during the Oscar podcast than before. Well, then so that's we'll, why we'll do the ballots. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. You know. Like I said, we're still working out the details, but we're doing an Oscar show. Yeah, no, definitely. And it's probably going to be a, you know, I almost, I almost wanted to do it like where you could watch the, you could tape the Oscars right. or DVR it nowadays. You know, tape. What the hell is a tape? Um, you could DVR the Oscars and then play it and play us like an audio commentary where you can hear us talking about it while it's happening. Oh, yeah. If we keep it down to like three hours, who knows how long it'll be this year? Like five or seven hours? They, I don't even want to think about it. I think they did okay so, last year. They kept it at three. So before we go to um, movie, challenges. movie challenges, I want to touch on Avatar again. Okay. Uh, <laughs> we did an Avatar show. We did. I wrote a Episode review. Episode seven. You can get it now. Yeah. I, uh, we, we covered it, and I wrote a review on the blog. Okay, uh, which I wasn't able to read. Well, no, 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 the older one I'm talking about, not the new one I just did. Oh, uh, is not bad, good enough. Right. Okay. And our our basic stance on the film was that it's not bad. But is that good enough? But it's not really good. And and you were hearing a lot of things where... Uh, what happened was the review was lukewarm. It wasn't a negative review. It wasn't a slam. And the response we got was, that I got, mainly for the blog. We didn't get as much response on the uh, podcast as I got on the blog article, but because uh, that, that hit the uh, Google searches for Avatar. You know, if you typed in bad, good, and Avatar, my review came up. And the responses I got were venomous. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's amazing how quick people will go to insults. And Well, not even insults. I'm not even getting to that part. That part, you know, you know I own a crowbar, <laughs> and, and you can find well, out. Well, I, 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 I do know where you're going with it, with the fact that people have become drawn to this film almost like it's a very personal people are defending this film yeah with a zeal and a fervor that is almost religious in nature yes and it's I agree. what it's boggling because it's not an especially good film this is very true but my stance is our stance was it's not a bad film it's just you know lacking in story right. and is a blatant ripoff of fern gully um, and Pocahontas, uh, Pocahontas Dancing with Wolves, yeah, Last Samurai. I heard that like James Cameron's actually speaking out now, like defending himself against charges of plagiarism. Oh, really? I haven't read any of the news <laughs> about it, but I've seen like the headlines come up. Cameron, def- Cameron speaks out against plagiarism. <laughs> yeah, you better. Actually, uh, if I can find it, I'll put it on the site. But someone actually came out with uh, an article about how, you know, it being a ripoff of all of those other things like Pocahontas and Last Samurai and Dance with yeah. Wolves and all that stuff. Uh, Fern Gully is all fine and true. It, the storylines are all very similar. Yeah. But someone actually said, well, how about just the fact that books have been written with pretty much the exact same storyline and they had a bunch of sci-fi books and even one of the covers of the sci-fi books had one of those horse-looking things with six legs 
Yeah. With the same plot. I'm like, wow. I mean, well, honestly, too. If sci- I can find the link, I'll put it on the site. 50% of sci-fi is not especially original in concept. Mm-hmm. Uh, sci-fi is very liberal, and it is very uh, it, illustrative of that kind of mindset and uses futuristic and fantasy settings. And, and this is really more sci-fantasy than sci-fi, no matter what Cameron claims. Yeah. Oh, no, we figured out the science, and, and mountains can float. Shut up. <laughs> Make a fantasy. Say it's a fantasy. Don't come out and say, oh, we studied. We spent years figuring out the, and we, you know, and it, it's, we spent, we spent 10 years figuring out the science behind it and how it could be feasible, but yet we couldn't come up with a better name for unobtainium. Yeah, which is a term they use in the 50s but, but this for isn't... a rare mineral. So, you know what? Yeah. Not only is it not original, but it's been not original for the last 60 years. But this isn't about the film. This is about people... Defending the film, mm-hmm. rabid response, and the people that defending the film, just out of, no matter what your response is, which is well, you know, it, it's it's not that it's like oh you, why why don't you? I got one 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 person said why don't you just, why don't you try to do something creative yourself instead of just making fun of other people's stuff, which you know they didn't read my bio on how I'm a screenwriter mm-hmm. and a published author exactly. etc. and 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 just the responses are just very very hardcore and combative and i i you know down to like you know you 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 know you you you're just a hipster and you hate it because it's popular and and, and god hates you yeah i got and, that too no yeah. i i when i i basically said uh, something along the lines that i'm not really buying the hype about the film uh, i know a lot of other people are and it's the reason why it's made 1.4 billion dollars so far mm-hmm. and basically i got well you didn't give it a bad review you said you didn't hate it you said you actually you know liked it it was okay and he said that right there tells me that you did buy into the hype and i told him i go hype means a lot of different things you know people are kind of looking we we went to see it because we thought it was was a suck (laughs) you know the hype has a lot of different definitions and he's just kind of looking at it in one definition right you know and you know applying it to me and i said no that's not how how i'm looking at it so it's become a very weary argument because mm-hmm. uh, and and it's forced me i've been backed into a corner mm-hmm. i've i found myself backed into a corner by all these people who are just uh rabid in their defense of the film and any kind of criticism of the film any mild criticism of the film uh garners a very combative response and questioning your your intelligence and morality and uh love of film yeah it's crazy and, and i i have it's forced me to change my stance on the film Oh, I'm changing my stance on the film. I, I, I'm, I, we were, we're kind of, we were kind of walking a line. We didn't want to be too mean, but we wanted to kind of give it this. And and I and, you know, we didn't want to just trash it for trashing sake because that's not what we do. Right. And, and, and 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 I truly did walk away from the film not hating it. I truly yeah, walked we away saying, you know what, this was an okay film, and I might not even mind owning it. Right. You know, really, I might not. I'm not gonna. It's not gonna be a film I'm gonna watch all right, the time, so, especially the three hour and nineteen minute cut that I hear Cameron is coming out with in February. Right. So I can no longer defend my my half half and half position on the film. Okay. So I have a new I have a new Let's stance. Avatar sucked. <laughs> Avatar sucked, and all of you whiny losers who are flocking to this film as the holy grail are sad middle aged people, upset and repressed by this crushing economy and political clusterfuck that you are clinging to this sad pathetic film as a weird attempt at creating a new Star Wars generation for yourself in your 40s or 30s and and that's that's pretty much how I feel now 
if I'm going to take abuse for, for not liking the film, I might as well go all out. Avatar sucked. That's it. The more I think about the film, the more it angers me. And because of these people. I Okay. All right. You cannot create well, Star yeah, Wars. I, I mean, Star I, Wars happens. I didn't get the... the all these people, all these people... They, they, as kid, they right now they flash back as kids. Oh wow, the magic was there, and everyone loved the film. And there were lines around the block. It was the most popular film ever made, and we all, and, and you know, and it binds us and it brings us together. But Star Wars is getting kind of old, and <laughs> and so now all of a sudden it's a way to relive their childhood and relive that community. We all have a community now because you know with Star Wars for a long time, and I don't know if it probably I, still I, is to a point now, but it was like this. It was kind of like a cult. It was this like kind of we all agree we're all, we're all brothers because we all we can all qu- tell you where Luke was born and we. we we can all quote, you know, Jabba the Hutt's dialogue, and it was all for us. And and the, and instead of going back to that, we're, they're latching on to Avatar. This is our new thing. This is our new community. This is our yeah. new love, and it's crap. You know what? Uh, that does make a lot of sense. Uh, what you're saying, only because uh, I get the feeling that a lot of people are seeing this multiple times because they have this personal connection to the film, and they're trying their hardest. To see it multiple times so that they feel they're contributing to the box office totals. Because they are sad, sad people <laughs> clinging to the bright ray of hope that Cameron has bestowed upon them in flashy 3D graphics and a shitty storyline. And I don't know what makes people think he's not going to make you wait another 12 years for a film. He probably won't, but you're not going to get Avatar 2 next year. You're probably going to wait four or five years for it until mm-hmm. you know, the technology is where he wants it to be again. Right. You know, this time he'll he'll wait until you can watch it in your home, just like you saw it in the theater. And I got news for you, Jim. It's going to take a really long time before people go spend mega bucks on a 3D television just to watch 3D movies. Because and cowardly. If, if Hollywood keeps cramming it down our throats, they're going to kill it so fast, which I'm hoping for, because mm-hmm. I could totally give a shit about 3D movies. I mean, there, like I said in our our, our episode seven. I saw absolutely no reason why this film needed to be in 3D. Don't get me wrong. Very impressive visuals. Very impressive 3D. Just saw no reason for it. And one of the things, now that you mention it, someone actually uh, mentioned to me, because uh, I made that, that comment on one of the multiple uh, blogs, you know, just, just you know, going back and forth, you know, friendly feedback, you know. And someone made the comment to me about how uh, I said the film didn't need to be in 3D, and they said, well, you know, I saw it in 2D, and I saw it in 3D, and I didn't like the 2D version as much as the 3D. So I just basically told them, I said, well, you just answered my question uh, right there to the fact that when people go home and see this film, are you telling me most people are not going to like this movie as much because they have to watch it in crappy 2D? Because I know the crappy 3D they offer on home TVs how, isn't that good because the technology isn't in the TV. How bad is the film that you can't enjoy it as much without the gimmick of 3D? Exactly. That is exactly what I told and them. And these I said, critics. You ha- people should really be stripping it down and watching it as a film first without the gimmick. Because if it needs to survive only with the gimmick... I'm sorry, that's that's not good enough. And I, I'm, I'm just in the critics, the cowardly critics who are giving three star reviews like Stephen Witte and then writing and negative reviews. And instead of attacking right. the film, they attack Cam- the fact that Cameron's been divorced a lot, or they attack the fact uh, the politics of the movie, which right. which aren't really 
anything to argue no, about. It's, it's, silly. it's like, oh, he's, he's, he's mocking the Iraq war. No, he's not. He's mocking war in general. It's a general broad term because he used specific names that came right. up during the Iraq war. It doesn't mean he's knocking the Bush administration. God forbid. It, it, <laughs> and so, you know, they're attacking the politics and they're attacking that, but they can't because they, the critics are afraid to just come out and say it's Magnolia all over again. No one will come out and say it's a bad film. All they're doing is coming out and say, well, you know, it was this and that because they're, and rightfully so, they're afraid of the backlash of these psychotics <laughs> yeah. who are claiming this. And, and also, I'm going to put down the gauntlet right now. Every single person out there praising this film and, and, and poo-pooing. This, uh, I said that poo-pooing. You said poo-pooing. And shunning the idea that, oh, you know, it's just, just because the story is a bit stale doesn't mean the movie can't be good. And, it's a, and Unwilling to admit, I like it, but it's not a good film. Every one of these bastards, if they badmouth Transformers 2, right. they are null and void. Shut up. <laughs> Critics, too. Every critic that gave Avatar a good review, if, if you go back and they gave Transformers 2 a bad review, right. shut up. <laughs> exact same thing. Michael Bay eats a pile of shit every film he comes out. Oh, it's just big, flashy explosion stuff. And I've always defended him saying, yeah, but you know what? That's what the film is. Yeah. I saw Transformers 2. Right. I, I, I left the drive-in, and I said, I enjoyed that film. But never did I say it was a good film. It was right. a bad film. No, you've but, but you've said it multiple times on our podcast. And I didn't go to see a good film. I went to see big robots fighting explosions. Right. And that's what I got. And I defended it saying, just, you know, fine. It's, it's a bad film, but it's still watchable. Right. I'll sit through it again just to see the, you know, the stuff sure. on TV. I haven't actually gotten around to see it, and I really should. Yeah, it's, it's fun. And then so anybody who, who just like, oh, that's a piece of shit. And Hollywood keeps cranking out this crap. And then Avatar comes out and they say, oh, but. It's the holy but, grail of but movies. How could you, yeah. just because it, the stories are like little On a borrowed. Original, yeah. I mean, but but the graphics, shut up. That's it. <laughs> this the Transformers 2 test from now on with Avatar. Anytime anybody badmouths Avatar, I'm asking, what do you think of Transformers 2? <laughs> That's it. No, I, uh, uh, no it. it makes a lot of sense what you just said. Michael Bay's made just as Only much... Only because I didn't get as much backlash as you for, you know... Uh, Michael for, Bay's made more movies in the past 10 years than James Cameron's made in his entire career. This is true. No, this is very, very true. And, and, I, and I've enjoyed more Michael Bay films than I've enjoyed James Cameron films. Yeah. So why does he keep getting shit? It's, it's like the Stallone Schwarzenegger thing which yeah. we're, we're going to devote an entire podcast to that fucking nonsense <laughs> it, it, it won't be I'm, hard I'm, I'm throwing the gauntlet down that's gonna be a whole chapter in the movie Sectastic book i tell okay. you what okay you got it man but you got I, it. I had the vent and i had the rant and, and I, yeah and I, and, 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 and i'm I, tired of talking about the goddamn <laughs> film i wrote the i wrote Wait, the was that brought up in the in the homegrown radio in new jersey uh in in passing uh it was yeah in passing but then but then we got a caller for, uh that, that called in who was uh Actually, it was it was really cool. There were really cool guys there, uh, Scardo and DJ Cheesy, really great uh-huh. guys. And they actually they're, they're connected with a lot of the underground uh, horror film movement in the area, cool. in the surrounding states too. And I'm trying to uh, get in touch with these guys because I want to promote these people. They're mm-hmm. they're doing the kind of stuff now that like Evil Dead was back then. Oh, that's very. And cool. they really don't they, you know they need all the help they can get to get the to get the, their stuff seen and heard. Sure, and, sure. and I'm really looking to use this as a gateway for them as long as the films are good, mind you. Which they probably you know I, I've heard one of them I've there's like. I'll get into that later. But uh, we were, we started talking about Avatar, but then a caller called up. She's a regular caller. Yeah. She's the personal assistant of Sandy Frank. R- really? Yeah. I was like, camera! <laughs> camera is friend of all children! <laughs> she called up. We spent like 10 minutes talking about that and, and, and how he, he was desperately trying to... He's trying to bring... Uh, 
um, Battle of the Planets back, and wow. he's returned to a live action version of it. That's very cool. He was talking about Gotcha Man and and, very, very and nice. Gamera. Is his that was great. But yeah, no, I didn't get the backlash you did, but I can definitely see your stance on it. It, it makes a lot of sense. It, it really it, does. I, and I, I wrote the I wrote, I wrote the review. I was like, okay, I'm done with Avatar. I wrote the review. I wrote my funny little list of things I learned from Avatar. Right. And then I moved on. And then it's just every you know, I think one I got was like, oh, you you people just sit out there jerking off on the keyboards. I was like, what? <laughs> Did I say anything bad about? I didn't even like knock Cameron or anything. I was right. just, I didn't call him a hack or anything, which I am now. <laughs> I was just, yeah. So I, I didn't even want to talk did, did about. You the hear, did anymore. you hear his latest? They had uh, these video interviews with Cameron, and the video there was a, it was a, it was at, um, it was either at Comic Con or the E three show, or, or it was about the video game. Okay, and basically, oh, Ubisoft. Yeah is the ones that made the video game. Mm-hmm. And they did a preliminary. They did like a couple of levels. They, they, they gave it to Cameron. And he said, ah, I don't think you're going in the right direction with this. Let's change some things. And they listened. And he was very happy with that. But during the interview, he actually said, you know, if ha- Avatar makes some money, this is obviously before it was released, if Avatar makes some money, I'm going to go to Ubisoft because they had some really amazing ideas. Writers in the in the video game community are some of the best writers out there today. Right. They they know how to tell a story. They know how to make it complex. They know how to write believable, interesting characters. Right. Not all video games, obviously. No. But there are a lot of video games out there where the writing is top-notch. Yeah, stellar. Even down to like the dialogue writing for video games, and, and sometimes is a lot more realistic than your dialogue in films. But I was actually very surprised that he even said that, because the next thing he said was, because... They had some really phenomenal ideas, and if Avatar makes money and we make Avatar 2, I'm going to go to them and kind of collaborate with them for those kind of ideas because they really had some stellar ones. And he said... They won't get any screenwriting credit, mind you. No, of course uh, not. (laughs) But then he said, because, you know, know, I'm not that... I don't... How did he word it? I think he said something along the lines of... Screenwriting's not my strong point. Basically. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. he goes, goes, I'm not that uh, uptight about my own screenwriting. He just basically said, "Yeah, I'm not that crazy about it. It's I think it's okay, but you know, if someone else has a great idea, I believe me, I, right. I'll use and it." And I, I would give him credit for actually coming out and saying, "Yeah, I'm not the best screenwriter in the world." If he would come out and admit that that the, the Pandora is not a scientifically sound <laughs> realm, where well, we figured out the, the science of everything, and and I'm still waiting to hear. What was that one article you found about how people are in depression about how Pandora isn't real? I didn't say anything about that. It must be someone else you're talking to. Uh, somebody made a post. It was either on Facebook, a blog. It was somewhere. I, I remember reading about how the people are in depre- are depressed about the fact that Pandora is not real. So <laughs> they're that attached to the movie. Well, like I said, it, it's just it goes back to my whole Star Wars theory. Yep. It, it, people are depressed in general. It, it's it's a tough time out there for a lot of people. Yeah. 20% of the population roughly is, is out of work. 40% of those 20% have been out of work for over two years. That's a long time. It, it, you know, yeah, uh, The economy's taking a nosedive. The banks are, are fucking people left and right with, with glee. Uh, you know, oh, we, yeah. we, we, Haiti just happened. Yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, I was I was actually going to start off the show and say, "Coming to you live from Haiti." I was like, "No, nah, too soon." They're, <laughs> yeah, they're, too they're soon. still digging dead babies out of the rubble. What are you thinking, Scott? Yeah, that's not funny. I probably won't even leave that part in the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you'll get it as an outtake. <laughs> but I'm willing to admit these errors in judgment. But I caught myself on that one. <laughs> Uh, it's it's a hard time, and people are looking for a fantasy to cling to, and yeah, and no. and uh, Twilight's just for the teenage girls. 
Yep. And Harry Potter's and getting old and stale. And for the teenage boys that just yeah. want to this, this, this get finally, with the teenage This girls. is finally like a fantasy thing that the adults can cling on to, too, because it supposedly has adult themes. Yeah. And... So, and, and you know what? There really wasn't a lot of blood in it. I mean, it was it was violent. It had violent scenes, but parents are taking their their smaller children to it too. Mm-hmm. There really isn't very much. Blo- mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you, someone's impaled with a with a log, and there's hardly any blood. So it's like, wow, okay. I mean, okay. yeah, I tell you, being impaled by a splinter from the tree of life—that's just what kind of how, bitch. how ironic <laughs> <Yeah>. is that? <laughs> I'm dying ironically. Oh, the tree of life. <laughs> I still say the most ironic part is is, is in the trailer from the movie where, yeah. where uh, Sigourney Weaver leans over and looks into the camera and says, "Just, just let your mind go just, blank." Yeah, <laughs> just sit back, let your mind go blank. And, and then Scott leans over to me. And says, is she talking to the audience? <laughs> yes. But I mean, uh, so I, I want to officially ban Avatar discussions now. Okay. I'm, I'm done with it. All right, we're I done. just wanted the break. Well, you know what? We might not be if it comes up if it gets nominated for best. Picture. Oh, oh no! I tell you what, I'll take it back. If any of you people out there uh, listening are offended that I, I just called you losers for defending the film, by all means, email us. Yep, at uh, the movie guys at moviesucktastic.com. or you can find us on Facebook and complain there. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Podcast Alley. You can find us on Podcast.com, yeah. iTunes. You, you, if you look, you find us anywhere. And most of those links are from MovieSucktastic.com. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, at this point, if you send us an email, you're getting read on the show. <laughs> we, I mean, we're, we're still building up our base, and we, mm-hmm. we got listeners, but people aren't writing to us. Uh, yeah, I, we want you guys to write more. Actually, I, I, did, mean, get, really. I, I did get a letter from Jeff. An email from Jeff, and he requested that we talk about Transformers and G.I. Joe. Transformers 2 and G.I. Joe. Oh, okay. And I think I mentioned that before, but I haven't seen G.I. Joe yet, so we can't do it this episode. But okay. next episode, I like to, uh, I want to well, tackle make a, those I'll two. Ma- I'll make a point to see both, because I haven't yet. Oh, you haven't seen either of them? I haven't seen either We've got to watch G.I. Joe together, then. Do you have a copy? Uh, no, I mean, did you? it's out on DVD. Uh, no, I definitely don't. Why would I have a copy of that? <laughs> I, don't, well, I have Transformers 2. Your, your parents? No, no, I have Transformers <laughs> 2. Okay. You can borrow Transformers 2. Okay. I'll get that out of the house. All right, cool. Um, so yeah, so, you know, Jeff and he, Jeff also said he wants to see more uh, uh, interviews with, with uh, confused young teenage girls. Okay. But, but, but you know, there's, there's, there's a little whole gray area there. I'm trying to... <laughs> yeah, maybe the next Twilight film, we'll, we'll do that route and go that route again. Yeah, so that's right around the corner. Sometime yeah. in June or oh, July. I, I, I need time to recover. But I, I just, you know, so if anybody, unless unless one of you guys either tells us we're right or tells us we're wrong about Avatar in an email, we're not talking about it again. I'm tired of it. <laughs> but but again, my new stance: Avatar sucked. Thank you. And I didn't think it was that bad. But I also didn't get the backlash you did. So I, I'm, if if I got as much negative and you know vicious emails as and and blog posts as you did you know i'd probably be in the same boat but mine wasn't as bad as yours i hate you all <laughs> i got a lot of people telling me i'm wrong but not insulting me in the process i didn't get any like real insults no oh. if i did it, believe me i i I'd, it's not the insults i would I, I would be more venomous it's not the it. insults that i i've been insulted before believe it or not <laughs> it's 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 arguing taking taking my non-aggressive stance right. and then trying to defend it in a discussion or argument with aggressive insane people it gets tiring oh yeah and and sure. all i'm trying I, and, and i try to point make a point and what my point is not allowed mm-hmm. so they, they're not they don't have a counterpoint they have a don't have that point got it so my point now is the counterpoint 
<laughs> Avatar sucked. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, how about we take a quick break, and we'll reconvene. Yeah, I need and, more coffee. And we'll do the movie challenges. Oh, but I, I need more of my uh, Dead Man's Brew. Not Dead Man's Brew. Yeah, yeah, yeah Dead, Dead Man's Dead Brew. Man's Brew from, uh, oh, what's the name of the coffee place I get my coffee from now? Oh, I don't know. Oh, it's Coffee Roaster or something. I have to look yeah, it up. You've mentioned them in a previous podcast. Uh, it'll be on. It'll be on the blog. I'll mention them again because I, I, they have Dead Man's Brew. They're, they're uh, over in Pennsylvania. They're right near Ringing Rock, mm-hmm. uh, the Ringing Rock Field, and it's just great stuff. I got to post those pictures of Ringing. Rock. I think I did post pictures of the Ringing Rock. I've seen them. I don't yes. know if you posted the, them. The only park where where you can be walking through the park and you see a man coming at you with a hammer in his hand and you're not scared. <laughs> and also one of the few vacation spots where you can take children and and actually say, "Here's a hammer. Go hit something." Oh, yeah. Yeah, sure. yeah. and it probably looks better. And I went into the winter, so it probably looks better in the summer. But I digress. I think we should take a break so you can recoup. Yeah, I'm going to go hurt somebody. Just not me. Not you. No, not me. I'm going to just a random person on the street. Well, let's take a break. And uh, You've already broken my spirit, so yeah, let's... let's, let's <laughs> we'll break something let's else. Let's break time as well. Let's break... <laughs> we'll be back in a few. Yeah. It has been called the most controversial motion picture of its time. It is the most talked about and written about film of the decade. Now, from the director of The Deer Hunter, United Artists presents Michael Cimino's Heaven's Gate. The story of Jim Averill. He was born into the world of the rich and powerful, but his heart and dreams were with the people. Heaven's Gate. The story of a man's love for a woman, for a people, for a land, for a spirit that would never die. Chris Christopherson in Michael Cimino's Heaven's Gate. And we're back. Welcome back. Movie sucktastic. Nice glasses. Hmm? You sprung those on me. What glasses? <laughs> those aren't the Avatar glasses. No. No. I will take the red pill. Okay. <laughs> so. All right. This is the part of the show where we do our movie challenges. Dum, dum, dum. Dum, dum, dum. Okay. So. It's, it's been a while. It's been about a month. It we, has been a while since, you know, we since we last challenged these films to us. But it is the holidays. We have been busy, unfortunately. Some of us have lives. And jobs. Others, others have jobs. <laughs> Dick. I'll, I'll quit. <laughs> I'll you have quit. two jobs. I do have two jobs. Yeah. And it's not because of the economy. I just no, have, two, just, I just have two jobs. You just rock. <laughs> That's why. Anyway. So. Yeah. How do you want to start this? Uh, well, there were two movie challenges. There was. Now, the basic idea of every challenge, as we recap real quickly, is that I will challenge Joey to watch a film, and he will challenge I to watch a film. The only rule is that it has to be a theatrical release. Yep. And and we'll, we'll 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 bend a little bit with that sometimes if there's something we really have to make the other person watch. But for the most part, it has to be a theatrical release. And any film that one person challenges the other two, they have to have seen it as well. Yep. Now in this case, I challenged Joey to a film I had not seen, forcing myself to watch it as well. So I, I challenged Joey to the the uh, one of the most famous bad movies of all time, which I was surprised that I had not seen. One of the things I have to fill, I have to fill gaps. Yeah, I, in my avo- own. I avoided it for years. Right, and I have to fill gaps in my own movie knowledge, mm-hmm. and this is a gap that needed to be filled. Mm-hmm. So I challenged Joey to Heaven's Gate. 
Yes. One of the most famous bad movies of all time. A bad film that took down United Artists. Yeah. Destroyed an entire they, movie company. They studio. gave Michael Cimino everything. They gave him an inch and, you know, the whole thing. They give him an inch, he takes a mile. He took the whole company with him. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, it, the most expensive film at that time, I think it was like $40 million. I'm looking. I got my notes here somewhere. No, it was like 40, 39 million or 40 million, I think it was. The original projected budget was what, 11 million? Seven. Seven, seven million or 7.5. Right. Which was the average cost of a film back then. Mm-hmm. You know? Uh, so, yeah, I mean, United Artists kept saying he's an artist, he's an artist, he's an artist. He knows what he's doing. He just won five Oscars for The Deer Hunter. Two weeks later, he started on this film. Now, so. Now. Back, just to backtrack a bit, because mm-hmm. there's so much history behind this film, uh, they were actually approached to buy Heaven's Gate before Deer the, Hunter actually was released in the theaters. Yeah. So what happened was they didn't want to take the film. No. But then they went and saw a, an advanced screening of of the Deer Hunter, and they said, "You know what? We really want to work with this." guy. They were blown away. They were, like, this guy's a genius. We need to make movies with this guy. Right. So when he asked for uh, when he asked for Heaven's Gate. They said, yeah. And he had just won five Oscars for The Deer Hunter, including Best Director. Well, again, and best by the time, by the time they started production, he Best had Supporting won. Actor for but, Christopher but, Walken. But, but they signed the contract before the film actually came out in the theaters. Because they had seen, like you said, The right, Deer Hunter. Right, that first. screening. Yeah, yes. So, so, by the, so uh, the, uh, the, him winning those Oscars like, just cemented it. It's like, all right, we made the right choice. This, mm-hmm. guy, this guy's pure genius. Yeah. And basically, I think it's the, if I'm not mistaken, it's the longest film. Ever to be the, the longest production ever? I think two and a half years it took to make this movie, something in that range. Mm-hmm. I think that's well, still the record. Well, now with Avatar, now with yeah, yeah, but four you know years what? in the but, making. But for here's Avatar. the difference: a, a lot of that was just like guys in studios and editing and special effects. A lot of special. Heaven, no, this was two and a half straight years on, on set. location. Yeah, yeah, people were living in in sets that they built just for the movie. Uh, Jeff Bridges actually owns the whorehouse that they had in the film. No, it wasn't the whorehouse. Sure, well, I thought it was the whorehouse. No, I'm pretty I, sure it was. The no, whorehouse. no, it was the house that uh, it was the house that the whore lived Walken in. Is. No, the Christopher Walken's in the house that they burn. They saved it. I thought. Pretty sure that's the whorehouse. No, no, Christopher Walken's character lived in that little cabin. I thought that was the cabin they saved. Um, I'm reading the book. You saw the documentary, so you might get more. You may have more information than I do. Yeah, I could have sworn. I could have sworn that the whorehouse is what he has. All right, I could be wrong. I thought it was, I, I, I thought it was Christopher Walken's house. I might have it written in my notes somewhere, and we'll get to it when I yeah, find it. I remember. I know what you're talking about though. But um, yeah, no, now, it's it's, uh, it's kind of funny that we mention that the original budget was 11 million, yeah. and it was such a huge. It went seven so, and a half million. Seven and a half million. Well, it, it, there was two different originals. So, like, it's like depending who you talk to. Because eleven was the well, first, uh, eleven was ver- seven was the first verbal one. Yeah, and and it was the average. Right. Yeah. And then, but their first written estimate was eleven million. Like after the bookkeepers got it, but you're right. The first given estimate was seven million. Yeah, they said here's seven, yeah. seven and a half million. Make your movie. See, this, this, this is, is a, what we give everyone, and is, we give our directors and writers complete freedom. And that's what took United Artists down. Yeah, that was the big because thing. they gave them too much freedom. Right. And Chimino, uh, when the producers. Wanted to come on set. They had signed. You know, they weren't allowing people in because so much time had gone by. And you know, it's like, how much do you have finished? Oh, we got forty percent, but they weren't telling them that. But it wasn't unusual it just, for you know, no, 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 no. Yeah, but Woody they, Allen they started had the same thing with them. Woody Allen, 
had to deal with them where they would ne- they had no say on a film like they would green light it yeah. and then they wouldn't see it until it was done right yeah yeah but uh, it, it got to a point where United Artists started to get concerned well, they, as yeah. they should have been sure and I, I, I one of the things I remember most vividly from the documentary is that when they actually saw a, 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 I guess it wasn't a final cut, but it was the cut that Chimino wanted them to see. It'd probably be a work. I'm, I'm guessing it'd be a work edit, where it's not finally edited yet, but they, you, you throw all the scenes together, but they're still trying to be done. Yeah, and for the most part, when you do that, when you do that, it for the most part is somewhere in the range of two to two and a half hours because you want right. it as close to your final cut as yeah, possible. Yeah, it's, an, it's it's the cut you do before you start actually doing final cut. Yeah, the work cut. Yeah, right, work, right. Kinda. Chimino showed him a five and a half hour movie. Yeah. <laughs> It's like, what are you doing, man? Five and a half hours? It was hard enough to get through this, and it was what three hours and forty-five minutes. Oh, it was. Yeah. I, I think it was almost four hours. Close to that. I, have I think it was three hours forty-four minutes or forty-five minutes, something it, in that. It was range. roughly around that, yeah. And the thing of it is, it's just that is a long ass movie to begin with, and to think those poor fucking producers sat through an hour and forty-five minutes more. Of that. It's I want, like, holy shit. I want to see the five-hour cut. I want to see... Because you, you need that pain? Well, it's just curiosity abound. From what I hear... From a film person, somebody who likes to see alternate versions, right. and likes, likes to see what directors' choices they made, i got to see what a five-hour film looks like. From that, That's not Andy Warhol. From what, from what I've read, yeah. <laughs> from what I've read, that the five-and-a-half-hour five hour cut has been destroyed. You can't get it anywhere. It's in somebody's basement. They, oh, they, I'm sure it is. They, they thought there wasn't a director's cut of Metropolis, and that, that resurfaced. I, I'm sure Chimino has the five-and-a-half-hour cut. Yeah. Unless he got, you know... It'll be like Nabokov. So, he like tells kids to burn out upon his death, and the minute he dies, they're going to sell it to the highest yeah. bidder. But you know what cut I would like to see? I'd like to see the two-and-a-half-hour cut. Seriously, think, I, of, think about it. If the, I movie's choice, almost, the movie's almost four. Yeah, I know you take the five. If and I had a half choice, hour. I take the five hour just because I'm, <laughs> I'm glutton for punishment. Right, but I, you know, as much as this movie was touted as you know terrible film, which it's not, um, it's got its, it, it's got its demons, but yeah. it's not a you know a horrible film like it was portrayed to be. I think a lot of people jumped on the bandwagon to hate this film, specifically. Um, in the documentary, they had a reporter from the Daily News way, way back when talking about how it didn't have one good quality and, and, and the movie was terrible and just everything you could think of. She just totally, you know, just pushed it into the dirt and was talking bad about it. And you know what? She's wrong. The movie does have some good qualities. It did have some pretty pretty excellent cinematography. I mean, you, you, you can't fault it for the cinematography. It's beautiful. It's yeah. a beautiful film. The first shot when they're coming in and you see all the buildings and you see billows of smoke coming out of the... You know, it's just a beautiful movie as set far design. as cinematography set goes. Set design? Set design, costumes. Acting? Acting was excellent. Um, yeah, yeah. Christopher and, Walken with Chris- a mustache that will surprise you? And creep you out all in the same time. I, he does not... I No. But no, as... Yeah, it's not a great film in any means, but oh, it's painful to get through. It's a long ass movie. I get well. Here, here's how bad it is, and I, th- I want to go back to the budget for a second. Sure, I think it's funny that we read about a film that it cost forty million, and that was way, way too much. It was over budget, and it broke the company. Yeah, and and we just got back this weekend from seeing a four hundred million dollar <laughs> film <Yeah. laughs> made over ten years. 
or over four years, whatever. Well, he, and, I believe he, he actually, waited ten years, but like it was like as unoriginal as the story is for Avatar, because it is a completely unoriginal story. He came be- in under five hours. <laughs> <laughs> that and the fact that I believe it was written before Titanic. I believe he was working on that story before. This is something that he's wanted to do for even before Titanic. If if I'm not mistaken, I could right. be wrong. On something that. like. Speaking of the time of the film, I, I remember when I was watching it, I did write down a note. Uh, and first of all, there's only one real DVD release of this film with no special features at all. Not, well, you know what? Nothing. <laughs> Not to fault it for that, but it, it would have to be more than a one-disc disc set to do that. Right, yeah. And there's no way you're going to fit a four-hour movie and extras on one I disc. I mean, I know it's a bad film, but it's still a famous film. They should come out with a special edition. It's, it's only fair. If Chimino really wanted it, he could probably get that. He, well, he does. He even apologized for the film later. He even said... Years everything, later. Yeah, years later, he said, it he was said, all my fault. I did the I best sh- that I could do, and it still wasn't good enough. <laughs> I wouldn't put it like that. <laughs> but he did, I was saying. Well, but, but he took full responsibility, too. He said, like, yes, wasn't, he it wasn't their fault. I Anything wrong with the film was my fault. So he probably doesn't want... And it killed his career, basically. He didn't really do much after that. The only thing he's really done after that worth noting was Year of the Dragon with Mickey Rourke. Right, and he was supposed to do uh, Dogs of War, Christopher Walken. Mm-hmm. He had originally, before Heaven's Gate, he had uh, one of the reasons they didn't want to do Heaven's Gate originally was because he was signed up to do Dogs of War, Dogs of War, write it and direct it. He wrote the screenplay, they did some rewrites, and then he said, well, I'm not happy with the screenplay, so I don't want to direct it. And they're like, oh, I say, wait, 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 you wrote the screenplay, and you're not happy with it, you don't want to direct it. So this is already, we know this guy's a flake. Yeah. But he was a flake that is made of... Uh, Blockbuster, Oscar he just film. got he got lucky with Deer Hunter. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, a lot of people, which I don't care for. A lot of people don't care. I, for I it. don't think it's as it, good as it's, it's an acquired taste. I think I I am one of the ones that actually like Deer Hunter quite a bit. I'm not saying it's bad. No, 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 no. And 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 I get that a lot from people. You know, oh, I love Deer Hunter. Eh, it was all right. The ending is you know is very obtuse. Very yeah, kind I, of I, yeah. I agree with that. It's, sure. it's, it's almost like the like the end of uh, Sopranos. Mm-hmm. It's that kind of ending. So what yeah. the hell is this? <laughs> I sat through all that for this? What, what are we singing now? Did, yeah, yeah. yeah, six years for what? What are some fries? What the fuck is this? Actually, more than six years. Yeah. <laughs> it was like six seasons and nine years, whatever it was. Now, Eight th- years. This film is so long. And like we talk about shortening it down. Right. When I'm, I'm watching the film, I hit the half hour mark, and I even wrote it down to the half hour mark. We could have started the film here at the half hour mark and not lost a thing. There is nothing in the rest of the film that could not be explained. The backstory. There's nothing. In the it first starts. It starts them out in Harvard Law School. Now that was, but that was they did that after they made the film because that was a. Book oh, was in, that after the film was made? After they made the film, they felt they needed to add more time to the film. Yeah. <laughs> so they went back and they gave him. I think they gave him like uh, I forget how much, like four million, I think, to do bookends for the film. My God. And they said a lot of money for but, bookends. But they said to him, "If you go one dollar over budget, we're not going to use anything. We'll scrap the whole thing." And he came on, on that. He came on, on budget. But they that whole Harvard, they, they gave him four million for bookends. That whole Harvard uh, thing they, they just, did. They gave him more than half of what a normal movie gets budget wise for the whole thing. Now you know why they did that though. The whole bookend thing. Here was the big concern. Okay. They didn't want to do a western. It's a okay. western. No, it's yeah, it's full. They didn't western. want it to be a western. So by having that whole scene where you show them in college and everything, and then show like the after, the, right. Which it's, it's almost like okay, the ending's not obtuse enough. Let's put the whole thing on with the yacht. So that was why. They were just so afraid of releasing a Western and having people hate it because it was a Western right. that they added more time onto it. 
But yeah, no, that half hour mark, the first half hour of that film was totally useless. All that backstory, oh, all garbage. that backstory is, is can be told in that one scene in the boys' club, like fifteen minutes into, into that. Oh part. yeah, you remember that time when we were graduating? We did, uh, yeah. we jumped on the tree and we got. Yeah, you're right. Thirty seconds to a minute. Maybe if they really wanted to kind of go a little detailed, maybe even do a flashback real quick, 15, yeah. 10, 15 minutes. With John Hurt. And John Hurt, he's the only good guy I like in that whole film. Oh, he's great. <laughs> John Hurt's great. I want to see a whole film just based, I want to see his point of view that whole thing. Just the the, the, just the, the frat boy, alcoholic, rich kid who's like, this all sucks, but I, I, I don't have the strength to do anything about it. I'm just yeah, going to get and, drunk and, and watch and, it all. And I'm a drunk, so yeah. go for it. My favorite part of the whole, honestly, my favorite part of the whole film is when the whole battle is going on around him, and he's just standing there drinking. He's like, I loved Paris. <laughs> I really liked Paris, you know? Just, <laughs> what am I doing in this shithole? Yeah. <laughs> now, the most interesting thing mm-hmm. about this film, and I got a lot of flack for this, too. The whole film is about what is the name of what is the name of the uh, the feud or the, the war? Oh, at the end of the film. Yeah, it, it's all based on that. Damn it, I didn't didn't write it down. Uh, hmm. It's uh. I'm not 100 percent sure on that. It's all based on this land war. Basically, the the cattle barons, all these immigrants are moving into the Midwest. You never get in a land war with a Sicilian. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, you're, you're mixing that whole... Oh, I am up. mixing it yeah, up. Yeah, you are. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, wait. You don't get in a land war... Uh, you forgot the number one rule. Number two is never get in a land war in Asia. Asia. But number one, <laughs> don't bet up with a Sicilian when life, when your life is on the line. When so death like, is on the line. When death is on the line. <laughs> we, we just trashed that like quote horribly. There's like There are like five dozen... Uh, wait, wait, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to actually put it in. And just listen to us really fucking... Yeah, cut this out. It is... No, I'm not going to cut it out. I'm <laughs> oh, going to leave it. it. I'm going to leave it. I'm going to play the clip. Victim to one of the classic blunders. The most famous is never get involved in a land war in Asia. But only slightly less well-known is this. Never go in against a Sicilian when death is on the line. And then we're going to go... Because... We're going to let everyone listen to how we butchered Princess it. Bride fans are yeah. almost as psychotic as uh, Monty Python fans. They know every yeah, line from really the film. By, and, and as much as I love Princess Bride, no, I don't know every line. I'm sorry. No, well, there's too many lines going on up here. But the whole the whole film is based on this land war historical event mm-hmm. where the cattle barons uh, were, t- were tired of these um, immigrants would come in. Right. And then they would end up stealing cattle. And so, right, exactly. And so they put a price on all these uh, immigrants' heads, and it was this huge slaughter. Yeah. yeah. Right? The only problem with this is that it never happened. Yeah, the whole thing about it was the mayor approved it, the governor approved it, it was approved by the Which didn't, the, the, yeah. the president. It was like, it's all bullshit. That's all bullshit. And the, the war never happened. The, the, the right, film it was in, like, like one person got the, killed? or Christopher or, Walken's character. Yeah. And his... Chris Christopherson character, too, right? Uh... He, or was it just Christopher Walken? Christopher, Chris Christopherson's character and the female lead, what's her name? Ch- Ch- Ciccolini's uh, yeah. love interest. Um, those two were killed years before. <laughs> they were killed years before the whole thing ever happened. They were, they were, he, uh, he was involved in the whole thing with the cattle barons, but he was hung as a cattle thief himself oh, years see. before this event happened. The only two people that died in... In reality, were Christopher Walken's character right. and uh, Mickey Rourke's character. 
in the house. Oh, really? The house is shot and burned down. Oh, After that, the military stepped in, arrested all those guys. They never saw trial, but they 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 stopped them short before they killed anybody on that list. Huh. So. Chimino would come out and say, well, after afterwards, say, well, you know, I, I play loose with the history. He said, yeah, you just made it all up. <laughs> and the same with Deer Hunter, too. He had a lot of criticism yeah, for that. Because yeah, no. his big thing was, well, you know, I, we shot here because I didn't want to do it like that. And it's more realistic. And he would, he would lie about his war right. record, too. The guy was a complete clown. He had no military consultants on set mm-hmm. who were in Vietnam. None whatsoever. He just made up Vietnam out of his head. Yeah. And, and they... And this, he read about the event that happened in history, and just wrote it all up, and he didn't do any research beyond basic characters and names and stuff. Right? No, yeah, definitely. Yeah, you know, and and it's probably the biggest reason why he did fade away because, as a director, he he, like I said, he got. I think he got lucky with Deer Hunter, mm-hmm. and he really did. And Heaven's Gate, even Year of the Dragon, not a bad film, not a great film, but it just kind of showed his true colors about how he was as a director. He might make a resurgence one day, you know, who knows, you know, 20, 30 years later, he hasn't directed a film since 1991, I think, yeah. but, you know, he could come back and he could totally pull out a masterpiece out of his butt again, mm-hmm. I don't know. Now, I will say this, Christopher Walken's Russian roulette scene in The Deer Hunter, amazing, does not hold a candle to Jeff Bridges' cockfighting scene <laughs> in Heaven's Gate. Uh, uh, I think the star performance was the mono-browed fiddle player. Well, I think the roulette scene got Christopher Walken that Academy Award, too. Oh, yeah. I think that's what really sealed the oh, deal. Oh, no, definitely, yeah. And they, they so, knew that going in. They, they were saying oh, already yeah. that he's, he's, he's won an award for this. Remember the mono-browed fiddle player? <laughs> yeah. I think he should have got his own movie. Oh, really? Yeah. Did you Do you know who that is? No. That His name is David uh, Mansfield. He's the composer who did the soundtrack for the movie. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Because I'm watching the film, and I'm making fun of him, and I was like, what the hell is this guy doing the film? So I, I just checked the credits, and I was like, oh, wait, he did, he's the actual composer. <laughs> it's like, he's like, so what did Chimino, he's like, i got to cut the budget somewhere. <laughs> i got to hire him inside. You know, I don't know what it is. All I know is that he's in the film on roller skates playing a fiddle. <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> it's, one, it's one of those films where it's like layers and layers of idiocy. My favorite idiocy behind the making of the film yeah. is the set of the town. He complained that the buildings were too close together. Yeah, so he, instead of just biting the bullet because it really wasn't that bad, he had them redo it. Now, and even worse, he said, I want you to tear down both sides and rebuild them both further oh, apart. Oh, God, that's right. Instead and then of just tearing down the one side and moving it a little bit away. The construction guy's like, listen, we can, we can do one side and move that. There's no reason to do both. He's like, no, 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 both sides, it has to be even. <laughs> it's like, at this point, you know he's insane. Yeah. Because you could have positioned the cameras, you would have never noticed. You right. wouldn't have noticed that ever. And, yeah. Now you watched the documentary on on this on, on I YouTube. Well, I was reading Final Cut: Dreams and Disaster in the Making of Heaven's Gate by Stephen Bach, one of the producers of the film. And that was that's where I got a lot of my information from. Both of it's most of it's very, actually uh, the documentary is based off of this book. So yeah. a lot of the information is exactly the same. Yeah, you know, I mean they condensed it to an hour. When we were talking, but... I recognized a lot of stuff you were talking about. It was, oh yeah, 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 yeah. And I didn't finish the book. I got like two thirds through it. Oh really? Yeah. So some yeah. of the stuff you told me I hadn't gotten to yet. Oh all right. Yeah. No, it's just it's an amazing catastrophe of a film that really isn't that bad, but should have never got out of hand the way it did. Also, this film is the reason. The ASPCA is involved with films now. 
Oh, really? I didn't know that. You didn't know that? Uh Aha. There were so many animals injured and killed during the making of this film. I'm just just based on the cockfighting scene and the war scene with horses Horses. going down. Yeah. There were were so many fatalities and injuries for animals in this that Hollywood, uh, instead of... They they, they came to agreement with ASPCA, said, all right, from now on, you guys will monitor us instead of them taking them to court or anything. That's how bad it was. It's like, all right, tell you what, from now on, you guys have a say in the films. My God! That's why, for now on, whenever you see that thing at the end where it says no, no animals were killed or making of this film, it's because of Heaven's because Gate. Because of Heaven's Gate, <laughs> killed so many fucking animals, we had to do this. <laughs> oh my God! Oh my favorite! Oh my favorite scene of the film. I'm just looking at my notes. Yeah, Christopher and Walken face off for the first time. These guys, the powerful characters, been walking through this film for like an hour now, hour yeah. and a half. They first meet up. The bar is empty. Christopherson walks up to Walken. Walken sitting. No, Walken walks up to Christopherson. Right. Christopherson's in the chair. Walken stands there. They're perfectly framed. They're both staring each other down, talking. And in the background, through the window, there's a guy juggling. (laughs) You're right. And it's not an accident. No, it can't be. No, because of Chirino's. They're, they're, but they're, this is not like a tense. This is like Pacino and and um, De Niro and De Niro in Heat. But and except, it's lackluster. It, it, yeah, it's boring. Just, just as boring. But like these two characters for the first time, it's a big tense moment. And there's a guy jelly pins in the street by, in, the, in through the window, perfectly framed in the window. And you know, and you, you can't look away from yeah, the juggler. And, and you know, it's on purpose because Brad Dourif, who was also in the documentary, he said, Chimino's attention to detail was so bad as far as how many takes he would go over and over and over and over again where he would move people in a specific shot like that roller uh rink scene yeah where there's everyone all lined up he said he would take people out and put new people in then he'd change it around and do this and actors would do you know uh, a sad take a happy take uh and you know an angry take you know and then so he'd have a plethora of takes and he oh, I'll use the best one later on like Christopherson with the bullwhip See. Exactly. Yeah, and Christopherson was drunk a lot through the whole film. And Christopherson in the documentary basically said, "Blame him." <laughs> well, he was also a drug, but it helped. <laughs> he said, "Yeah, I always cracked the whip the right way, but I was either hitting myself or I was hitting someone with it. But I always cracked it." But Brad Dourif, he said, "Listen, I'm not used. I'm not used to 36 takes. I'm not used to 45 takes at a clip. You know." And Chimino was doing that to every actor. So when you say that there's someone juggling in the background, you're right. It is on fucking purpose. I want to see the five-hour version because there's got to be a cut where there's no juggler. And I can see him watching it. There's something missing from this scene. <laughs> there's something... What do we need in this? A juggler. They must have flown that juggler in special, too. I paid him $3.5 million. I just, that's where, I, that's where I, I just knew I was in for... Yeah. I, I mean, the, the film's slow. It drags. But once you hit that scene, it's like, okay, this guy's not well. This is not going to go yeah, well. Yeah, I mean, one specific part where you know it's so slow is Christopher Stofferson's character is drunk. And the woman that owns the whorehouse, uh, who's the love interest between Chris Christopherson and um, Christopher Walken... Chris Christopherson is drunk. Christopher Walken comes to the house, takes Chris Christopherson to another house, uh, and drops him off there. You see him pick him up, put him on his shoulder, walk him down there. I mean, the multitude of shots is him picking him up, putting him on his shoulder, walking him there, dropping him off. Then you see him walk out of the building, mm-hmm. walk down this hallway, come back, just to end up back at the whorehouse again, and talk with 
the, the, the love interest between the three of them. Yeah. That scene goes on for like five or six minutes. Mm-hmm. Could have been wrapped up in 30 seconds. No, it's, it, it's insane. 80%, Completely insane. 80% of the reason the film is so bad is because it's so long. Yeah. yeah. And that's why when I say I would like to see a two and a half hour cut, I mean it. Oh, it's funny too. Earlier we were talking about Iron Man 2 and Mickey Rourke. Yeah. Mickey Rourke's in this film. Oh, uh, unrecognizable. It, but in a good way. It's like, wow, there's he's a, who's, probably that, who's that his, handsome devil? <laughs> he's, yeah, exactly. He's probably in his early 20s. Yeah. Um, this is this is even prior to Diner, Pope of Greenwich Village. I mean, if you ever see yeah. you know Mickey Rourke in those films, take a look at him in this film. Don't you don't even have to watch it. Just fast forward to like hour mark, two hours and forty five minutes, and you'll see him. Um, it, it's and you'll see him later too in one of the standoffs. But he is so young, and he's just he's a really good looking guy, uh-huh. and to even think that. He thought he needed to have anything done to his face. Kind of makes you think there really is something wrong with him deep down somewhere. Even though yeah. Hollywood has always said that he's messed up in the head. Yeah. And, you know, now he seems to be better. But if you look at him now, Mickey Rourke from Heaven's Gate, when this movie was made, if he never had work done yeah. ever, ever, he could n- probably not be in Iron Man 2. But because Iron Man 2's character... Let's be fair, he would have had a whole different career path if he well, hadn't been that he probably up. would have sat in makeup forever <laughs> if he didn't have any work done at all. But now, because he's, he messed up his face so badly, yeah, he's still in makeup, but he, he would have been too good-looking for the part. I think it was more his face that was messed up. I mean, that's the whole point of it. It's like he, he was messed up as a person for a while there, too. Yeah. Yeah. It's so. like he had the whole comeback recently because of the, the wrestler. The rest, well, yeah, it was yeah. the wrestler. Um, you know, he started to make a resurgence again in Once Upon a Time in Mexico. That was that's like when a, you really like that's when saw he first him. Showed up again. Like, yeah. Oh, who's that? Oh, I remember him. Yeah, now he's yeah. now he's a big name again. <laughs> he was the best part of that piss poor sequel too, because he's walking around with that puppy in his hands. Yeah, oh, I'm on, precious. You know, <laughs> just what, what a letdown that was. Yeah, and then he was, you know, he was in Domino. Um, the I mentioned that there's only one copy of uh, one DVD release of Heaven's Gate. Yeah. It's such, they have such a disrespect for this film that they couldn't even be bothered to find a print for the DVD that doesn't have a hair in the gate. Oh, there's like yeah. a 20 minute period where there's this hair in the gate and you're watching it. It's like, I can't believe they couldn't find a better copy of this. They didn't even care. So whatever. The, Chimino's like, just whatever. What do you got on hand? Yeah, just use that. Let's get this over with. <laughs> I'm surprised they even put it on DVD. Yeah, I'm surprised they even got that far. So, so I think we're, they're lucky they got a hair. And, and I copy. think the fact that uh, that it's 14.99, it's like you, you want to sell this, don't you? You want to make some money, don't you? This needs to be bargain bin, uh, you know, price. No one ever bought enough copies for it to be bargain bin. That's why they probably didn't make that money. I guess not. I got mine. It, on Netflix. it should be like seven bucks. Yeah, I couldn't even get mine on Netflix because because I had it. <laughs> you had the only copy they had, so I had to actually pay three dollars and watch it on Amazon on demand. Oh, which was I had to do that over two nights. You did it in one night. I did it in you, one you shot, man. Brave son of a And bitch. I didn't even fast forward. I didn't fast forward. I just I, did it over. I two will nights. admit, I fast forwarded the um, <laughs> the intermission. Well, what are you going to do? Listen to that shit music for like two and a half, three minutes? I could have turned it I'm off and went it... somewhere. I was like, no, no, let's get this over with. <laughs> I'm not moving. <laughs> I'm surprised they even had an intermission. Why even have intermissions anymore? They keep them theatrically. When they, if well, it... I remember always seeing intermissions for back in the Godfather days. They always had one. Yeah. You know, for each film. Well, they don't do it now because they don't give a shit if your legs hurt. Go out and buy popcorn. Well, if we don't you're care. sitting at home watching TV. Who care? I mean, that's, that's what I'm saying. Back in the day, they used to do intermissions when you were sitting at home watching TV, too. 
Yeah. I mean, that's also back Back before, in the day, they you know, cared. You know, well, they're they also pre-DVR days and whatnot. Now I just press pause. Anything else you got to add about this? got to wrap this one up. Uh, let me see, real quick. I exhausted most of my notes. Well, I think you touched base on a lot of what I wrote, too. Oh, did you, um... Oh, what, go ahead. Only that, you know, it, it, it was like you were saying that there's a lot of big actors in here, like Terry O'Quinn from oh Lost. Oh, my God. It's like, it's, 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 he it's, just comes out of nowhere. Yeah. You know, it just, things like that. I mean, you, you'll you watch this film. Oh, and the love interest yeah, is, uh, love interest is, her name is Isabel. Isabel, yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's rumored that Chimino was actually fucking her. And the producers basically said, we don't want her. She can't oh, speak they English. Stand her. They didn't like. They her at hated all. her. My favorite quote was the one. The one producer says, "You know, people. She's ugly. People will be watching the screen. I can see Christopherson and walking, wanting to fuck her. And the audience will want to know why they're not fucking each other. <laughs> she's ugly. They I, didn't, they, I didn't think she was ugly. They didn't like her. But uh, real quick. Oh, I don't think she was. Before ugly we move either, on, but, real quick yeah. about her. The biggest thing was that she couldn't speak English. Well, well, and. They said, listen. And she's a French accent. And she's a French accent. And they said, listen, we're going to fly to France. We're going to give her some English dialogue. She's going to read it. If we can't understand her, she's not it. So Chimino says, okay, that's fair. So they go to France. They listen to her read. And they said, no, she's not fucking it. She can't fucking speak English. We don't want her in the movie. And Chimino's like, fuck you. I want her anyway. Yeah. As a matter of fact, one of the producers called and said, listen, we had a deal. She's right. not in the movie. And Chimino basically said, she's in the movie. Go fuck yourself. Yeah. And then hangs up. Mm-hmm. And that's when the producer basically said, this guy, we can't trust this guy. Right. And this was only halfway through the movie. You know what happened too is, first of all, like it's a bit longer in the book because they actually called her on the phone first and tried dialogue with her. Right. And they're like, no, we can't use her. But then they ended up going in person anyway mm-hmm. to do it. And what they happened They just went was, out of their way. Uh, Stephen Bach even admits in the book that they actually, he actually said, it, said to her, she's ugly. And and there was like this cold thing, where, and they left, and the other producer said, "What are you, an idiot? Obviously, he's got a thing for her." And he's like, "What? He does?" So, <laughs> so he, he at the time he didn't even realize he was insulting the girl that this guy right. had, had a thing for. So it was, and already, you know what? The it's, line was already drawn there. Yeah. One thing I have to mention: before Heaven's Gate, mm-hmm. his dream project that he wanted to get off the ground was a film adaptation or a remake, really, because it had been done before, of Ayn Rand's The Fountainhead. Doesn't ring a bell. Nope. Uh, Atlas shrugged. That that author, yeah, uh, really it doesn't ring a bell either. It, it's really convoluted. She has this whole philosophy, objectivism. It's really uh, the Republicans cling cling every every now and then. You hear the Republicans mention Atlas Shrugged, okay, and it's it's really the psychotic. Uh, she was an atheist. She believed money was more important than God, hmm. which I'm not arguing that. But but like, <laughs> that's the one reason that Republicans don't cling to her all the time, because um, you have a big religious right thing on the right hand right. side. But she uh, she has this really convoluted. World philosophy of, of, of absolute absolutism in a way, and uh, ironically, she's a, she's a, she writes strong female characters, but it always involves subservient sex scenes where oh. she gets like like pushed around by these oh. men. But it's it's really there's original film. The Fountainhead was made into a film. Right? Uh, was it Alan Ladd? I forget. I didn't. Uh, but he wanted to do a new one, and they sent from the start. And it's about an architect, right? Right? And about these beautiful buildings he makes. Just imagine if they've done that. <laughs> He'd be building buildings. Because I think they actually said, from his from his notes and everything, yeah. like from what he talked about it, says, he, we do, and they're, they're thinking, yeah, we do miniatures. And the way he was presenting it said, no, we'll build the city. <laughs> and and just going by Heaven's Gate, yeah, he would have fucking there would be that. people. There would be people at this moment living in the Fountainhead City because he would have to build it first. <laughs> 
Yeah, we need to tear this down. Why? Because it's uh, it needs to be moved over here. That's not the way it would have looked. Oh, Are I you mean, out of your fucking mind? You, I just I, when I think of Heaven's Gate, I think of just imagine the debacle that the Fountainhead would have been. Oh. Oh, and right now there's a lot of like English majors that are listening to this just yeah. slapping their heads. You got to be kidding me, the Fountainhead? <laughs> Why just do Atlas Shrug? They've been trying to do Atlas Shrug for years. Oh, really? It's always in the back burner. They'll never do it. If they do, it's going to be a disaster. Um, but yeah, so so how was it? How was my challenge to you this time? It was a pretty good challenge. Did, 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 did I get a little rough with you there? A little bit. Uh, you know, just based on length alone. Yeah, I think I think you won. Yeah. <laughs> because we're going to do your my movie challenge to you. You know, and we'll do that now. We'll just crank it out real quick because I, I don't have too much to add to it. Okay. I don't think we'll be – we spent a bit of time with this because there's so much history behind this. Yeah. But I think your challenge to me will be a little quicker. So we'll just we'll, – Yeah, we'll, I think so. It's kind of a, a – it's, it's, we'll it's, it. yeah, it's a brainless summer type movie. Well, go ahead. And it was RoboCop 3. He was state-of-the-art in law enforcement technology. for backup but the system thinks he's become too independent he disobeyed a direct order i want to know why his friend was in trouble and he made a judgment call too unpredictable they're saying he's gone underground oh there goes our pr budget too human we have a warrant out for the arrest of robocop now the system's out to get him because he's fighting for the people if you want to get in there, you're going to have to shoot through us. I don't have a huge problem with that. Get them for me. I promise. All right, Mr. Robocop. Come and get me. I must commandeer your vehicle for police use. What is your problem, sucker? I mean, officer? I hope you are insured. I thought your damn ninja was supposed to take care of Robocop for me. You are under arrest for assaulting an officer. And destruction of police property. You may want to call the fire department. Like you've gone war, wacky? I think I'm in love. He's taking the future. What? And giving it back to the people. RoboCop 3. How may I help you, officer? By resisting arrest. Yes. <laughs> Which I had never seen, because I... I yeah. love the first uh, one, and I like the second one, too. I didn't. Well, that's the reason why I watched the third one, was because I enjoyed the first and the second film. Now, you know why I didn't watch the third one? Because I saw the trailer. It was also done by Fred Decker, who also did Night of the Creeps. Right. And he also did Monster Squad in 1987. What you know? Which is one which, of my childhood which, favorites. Which, that's that's a mixed feeling here on the on the, on the show. <laughs> but you know, you take that and you take uh, Monster Squad and you think, oh, they're going to give him RoboCop oh. three. He might actually do something halfway decent. I remember, I remember the exact thing I thought about this because I I did my research on it, and he did Night of the Creeps. Yes, he did. And he did Monster Squad. Both of them were cult hits. Yes. And in an interview, once he said, "You don't go out. You don't go out to make a cult film." It just happens. With RoboCop 3, they gave him what was essentially... RoboCop was essentially a cult film. I mean, it was a mainstream film, but yeah. it really had a cult following. Yeah, no, it, it... And so what happened was, he in that quote he says, you don't make cult films, you don't try to make cult films, this happened. 
he tried to make a cult film of RoboCop three. Yeah, you can tell with every Frank. He's trying to. He's trying not. He's not trying to make a sequel to a cult film. He's trying to make his own cult film. He's trying to make it his own, mm-hmm. and he fails miserably. Yeah, it's it's a really terrible film, and I mean, what I mean, what could you say about it? It it's got Rip Torn as the CEO. That's his name, the CEO. Yeah. He doesn't have a real name. It's, he's just the CEO. It, you know, it's bad when the guy that played the CEO in the first two couldn't make it because he was great. I yeah. Mean, Oh. He probably died if uh, actually. And I wouldn't be surprised if he died. I, to but avoid you, this film. <laughs> just like Grandpa? Yeah. From, <laughs> from, from the Lost Boys? Yep. Hell no. I ain't doing um, no Tron sequel. The direction, you know, it's the, there's so many bad performances in this film that you know it's the director's fault. Yeah. I mean, because you get great actors, and when they give a bad performance, you know it's the director telling them the performance they want. And Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, like, Rip Torn. He's a good actor. I, I like Rip Torn. Yeah, I mean, a lot of these people are good actors, and they were just like, yeah. yeah I think whatever. one of his most underrated performances has to be Summer Rental. <laughs> yeah, and Scully's uh, what is it? Scully's Fish of the Day. Yeah. <laughs> Arr. And Peter Weller's not in the film, obviously. Uh, no, the the guy playing RoboCop is actually ooh, what the hell's his name? He's the guy that was in Thinner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't remember his name. Now Peter Weller turned it down because. Because, A, he was actually preparing to do Naked Lunch. Oh, good and, choice. And in interviews, he's even said, they couldn't offer me enough money. <laughs> nah. He he has he kind of disappeared, too. He hasn't made anything or been in, in cinema for a long, long time. Weller has just did, really disappeared. Mm-hmm. I think by choice, though. I mean, even the documentary. Uh-huh. Because I just got my two-disc special edition on Swap a DVD. Yeah, I'm still, like, fifth in line, fourth in line. I put mine at the top at number one for a real long time. I it took me months to get it. I need to get my Mystery Science Theater 3000 situation I, I sorted out. I understand. Then I can put other films. But the, the documentary that they had for the 20th anniversary edition, which only came out two years ago. Right. He's not in it. He even avoided that. Yeah. I really would have liked to see him in that documentary. I think he's one of those guys who's like, you know, I'm done. That's it. I think so. I think he's made his money. He's made his, you know, his staple. I think some of these guys get into the Hollywood scene and get into the acting scene, and they like acting and they right. like the money. But they hit a point where, you know, what? I don't want to do this rest of my life. I don't want to play the game. I don't want to. And I think it, a lot of it has to do with their their hatred for Hollywood. You know, after so many years of being in it, seeing that it, you know, it can be, mm-hmm. you know, this like you said, a game. Yeah. You know, and they just avoid it. So. Uh-huh. He may come back. He may be one of those actors that comes back in his like fifties or sixties, uh, which he should be pushing in his fifties right around now, or in his fifties. He might make this comeback, you know, like some actors do, and you never know. He might be pushing out some really good work. Now they couldn't afford Peter Weller, but the budget's twice as much as the original. Yes, it is, and it comes off looking cheaper. Oh, it looks awful. Cause, Which, you know why? Because they did a lot of green screen stuff in here. It's not even the green Whereas screen. Whereas in the original, it's a lot of stop motion animation. So it comes... In the original, it had some green screen shots, but like mostly backgrounds, mm-hmm. and then stop motion on top of that. So it comes out looking more authentic than this, which is a lot of green screen. But it's not even the green screen, because I mean, like the original film had that dark, gritty... Even though it's like super realistic, yeah. like, it, you know, obviously not realistic, right. but it has that gritty feel to it where like you can buy it being a real alternate... You know, future of some mm-hmm. kind uh this one like he even starts off with the same mock parody tv uh, news channel yeah they, but even the because first that's one the, that was kind of the, the niche for for the robocop series right and in the first film and even the second one and Verhoeven has gone on to do that in other movies it's they just, were funny but they didn't distract from the film right but in this guy's version they're just too much 
over the top. It's although the, it feels like a lot of filler. Although to be I honest. will, it, it, it kind of is. But I will give him credit though. In RoboCop Three, the one thing he does do accidentally is he does predict the news media becoming a propaganda machine for pol- for the politicians. Oh, okay. Because we, I mean, we have the situation now. I won't get into much political preaching. No, no, no. But we're at a point now where, where news channels will run commercials that are basically, basically have been commercials made by politicians right. or by the government and run them as news and not say that, no, this was made by them. And precisely. Okay. So the scenes like that where there's like, yeah, we're here to protect you, and the media is kind of playing them up themselves. Right. These days it's like a reality. So I'll give him credit okay. for that, but, right, but sure. nothing, but nothing else. But it's just weird how he has this oh, twice as much money, and even with inflation, I know it's not as much. Right. But it comes off looking like a made-for-TV film. That's how bad he is. Yeah, no, it really did. Nancy it, Allen. It, it, yeah, Nancy, she she dies very quickly. It was in her contract. To really to get killed she, off. She said the only way I'll do this film is if my character dies halfway through. <laughs> even Nancy Allen. <laughs> yeah. It's like, this is pure shit. Right. I need out of this. And wow. she's done other stuff, too. I mean, she's actually... Oh, sure. She's kind of disappeared, too. But... Well, she, she retired. She's raising her family now. Yeah. She's one of so... those. Again, some people just like, you know what? I'm done with it. I can move on now. I made my sure. money. Sure. No, she's made her... But, yeah, but she said, I, only way I'm going to appear in this is if I, yeah. I, I take a, I take one. <laughs> take one for the team. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and this was the first PG-13 RoboCop, too. Yeah, it was. The first two were rated R. And this one, because it was a summer release, they really wanted to try and get as many people in there as possible. Yeah, and you can, you it can, still didn't work. And you can just tell from the way he's shooting it, he's aiming for that Monster Squad crowd, meaning not not stupid. I mean, meaning like kids. He's, <laughs> Thank he's, you. I appreciate that. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I want you to know I'm not knocking Monster Squad. He's aiming for a young audience. You can tell he's aiming for like 10-year-olds, 12-year-olds. Yeah. You know, and you've got the, the little girl Newt character who knows robotics. Sure. And she, oh, yeah, she's the best programmer I've ever seen. And, and she... <laughs> Like what the fuck are you doing? And she could, she's reprogramming all the robots, and of course she's helping the homeless uh, brigade. The whole film, the, the plot of the whole movie yeah. is a ripoff of this old film. Uh, what is it called? Future War, I think it's called. Okay, where it takes place in the Bronx. MST3K did a version of it. Oh, really? You must leave the Bronx. <laughs> you must leave the Bronx. It's basically it's a seat. It's a corporation that wants to that wants to level the Bronx and build a new super city on it. But the the people that live in the Bronx for uh-huh. some reason. Don't want to leave, <laughs> which you can understand because the place is so beautiful. Oh yeah, and, and so they go underground to fight it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's this big laughing Italian guy, so, uh, Toblerone or something like that. <laughs> He's great. <laughs> He's hilarious. But RoboCop Three, the whole plot is basically ripped off of this horrible film from the eighties. Which I know RoboCop's a horrible film from the nineties, but I mean, early nineties. It, it's yeah. like it's it's a really bad ripoff of that film. Okay. Now <laughs> we got, I think that's funny. We, we we briefly started talking about this at when we at another time. The one uh, black woman's character, her name in the film was something. I don't know if you remember what oh. it was. And you said you knew exactly why they named her. That. Her, her name is something Washington. Okay. Or uh, her. Here's the problem with Frank Miller. Frank Miller was selling this other stuff in this film. There's a lot of references in RoboCop Three yeah. to his other comic books. Okay. And he has a comic book series. The name escapes me. That uh, has Martha Washington, and it's it's about uh, like the inner city people, and they rebel against the CEOs that are taking over. Okay. Government. You know, Frank Miller did a lot of this in comic books too. He did a lot of the kind of uh, Bertha. That was her name. Bertha, right? And, yeah. And her name is Bertha Washington, and it's a takeoff on Martha Washington from the comic book series. And he does oh. this throughout the film. There's references. Oh, uh, give me liberty is the name of the comic book series. Okay. And he he did this throughout RoboCop three screenplay. 
um, there's all these references to his comic book where it's almost like he wasn't even concerned with doing the the movie. Right. And he he's not the only screenwriter. It was two screenwriters. I have a feeling that he did that and he put his stuff well, in there. Well, it was there. him and Fred Decker. Yeah. <laughs> and then Decker just changed whatever he wanted for the direction, I think. Okay. That's, that's my feeling. I have no basis for this. But you can even just tell like Frank Miller was distracted. It was like he wasn't even writing his the film. He was, he was like, he's putting all these little nods to his own comic book. And it, and, it kind of makes you... Well, he's, he's he's got this pattern. He does something really cool, like RoboCop Two, which I still think was really good. And then right. the, and then he comes back and he tries to redo it again, and he completely just just destroys it. He did the same thing where he you know Sin City was great, so he comes back and does the Spirit, and oh, it's just, and I'm it's Frank. Beat you like eggs, <laughs> Frank. What are you doing? <laughs> so he has this pattern of doing this. <laughs> I mean, I never saw it when it came out or mm-hmm. years afterwards because I saw Robot Ninjas. And a flying RoboCop in the trailer. It's like, well, I don't need to see this. No, 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 no. No. Until I, I made you watch it. Yeah, I really can't think of. But, but I enjoyed watching because it was. So, it's like so bad, it's funny bad. Yeah. And it, like, Mr. You got Mr. Jameson from uh, Talk Radios in it. Oh God, <laughs> Mr. Yeah. Jameson, no. Oh, we got <laughs> even this film. There's so many recognizable faces, so many good actors, and the the commandant from uh, Malcolm in the Middle's in there. Yep. And but they're all great actors, and all given horrible performances. Decker like destroyed them. Like they must. I don't. They they must as a whole hate him. I must imagine he hasn't done anything since. Right, because the only thing he's done is a documentary for Monster Squad. Because and the only reason he did Monster Squad is because because Night of the Creeps was a cult hit. Yeah, and the only reason he got RoboCop three was because Monster Squad was a cult hit. And instead of making RoboCop three, he made Decker's next cult film. Right, and it and, wasn't. And, 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 the, and the biggest problem about that was if RoboCop three was actually done well. And a hit, uh-huh. he'd st- he probably would still be directing today. That kind of ruined his career, kind of like the way... Uh, and it should have. The kind of way Heaven's Gate ruined Chimino's career. And, and it should have. Right. Because what happens to the, the, these guys... How is, ironic is that, that we both pick movie challenges where the directors ruin their own careers that by weird? making bad films. Yeah. So, it just, it's... It's funny how it comes full circle sometimes. It really does. I like that. <laughs> I like circles. So, so we got our challenges in, so I think that's it for this episode. I think so. I think we wrapped it up. Yeah, Bit long, but that's okay. We've been know. we've been gone for so long. Everybody wants to hear us prattle on for much much longer. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so, so. Uh, we're going to record in a week or two. We're going to try to squeeze them close together because we we missed a couple. Like, yeah, we, well, we like, were gone for over a month. but yeah, you know, a I lot mean, of stuff happened with the holidays, and you know, and we're taking steps so. to avoid that. Yeah, we are. But yeah. um, I think what we're going to do is we're, uh, next episode. What, what, we got any plans for that? Next episode? Yeah. Uh, I don't think we. Uh, we can do that video game uh, movie ch- uh, movie sucktastic oh, episode right. if you want. Uh, we well, can start doing research for it, but I, I, I actually want to play those games too, so it might take some more time to. Okay. Well, then that okay, that is in a future podcast. That's a future then. podcast. Yes. But as definitely. far as you know, what to do next, I have no idea. Ooh, so next episode will be a while. Do we have any challenges for each other for I this mean, episode? We could we could do the. You know what we could do? What? If you really want, we could do uh, movies released in January. I mean, you really want to hurt yourself? Hmm, that's an idea. Right. That's definitely an Maybe. idea. We'll see. Uh, do we have any challenges for each other for this one? I was not. Pre- I did not come prepared. I must admit. Uh, but, uh, no, I did come prepared. I have a challenge for you. Do you, you have do. one for me? Yes, I do have a challenge for you. All right, let her and, and it's first. a movie I've been talking about for a while. You really need to see this movie. All right, which one? And it's Women in Love. <sighs> you need to see this movie because we need really need to talk about you've this. Been, you've been, yeah, you've been, you've been ranting about this ever since you saw it. What a boring. 
long-winded piece of shit this movie is with one of the most absurd endings I've ever seen. You need to see this movie. All I have to say is two naked men wrestling in front of a roaring fireplace. Ken Russell style. You had me at two naked men. (laughs) Yeah, you need to see this movie. So yeah, Women in Love is my movie challenge to you. Okay, and I got your challenge right here. I'm going to make sure I have it in my notes because I know it's here. Give it to me. Ah, I'm I'm looking at a 1981 Michael Crichton film starring Albert Finney. Looker! Not Looker. Ah! She's a looker! She's a looker! With the mustache man. With the mustache man, with the flashes and the sunglasses, and with the the kicking theme song. She's a looker! And the most, most, I don't know if you call it absurd, they have like the fake commercials in this. There's one of the most, I think, just horribly named fake products ever in any film ever. <laughs> and that's the teaser for that one. If, if, you, and everybody said, if you've seen this film recently, you'll know what I'm talking about. <laughs> oh, God. But you got to see this, because we could talk for hours on okay. Looker. I, I think Looker should be one of our upcoming projects. Okay. So on that note, we should just end the show. Before, before things before get Before it gets violent. really ugly. Yes. So we want to thank you for joining us again. Just remember, uh, you can go to moviesucktastic.com. To listen to these episodes, you can stream it right there. You can download it to your iPod through iTunes. I have a link for that. We have podcast.com, Podcast Alley. You know, we hate to repeat ourselves every time. but No, we don't. We love it. We get new listeners every podcast, so we kind of like to mention it. Email us at themovieguys at moviesucktastic.com. And ask us anything you want. You have suggestions for the site, suggestions for what what you want us to talk about, anything. Even write it? We will read everything we always do. What we always do is in no one's emailing us yet. So please email us and give us stuff to read on Why the show. Why do you have to say things like that? <laughs> they got to know. So they, listen, if you email us, it's getting read on the air. Because <laughs> you're going to be the only email we got so far. Everyone, we're getting a we're lot of still, listeners. We're still in our infancy. Yeah, and we, we've got listeners. we got the gigabyte streaming. We can see the oh, people. Oh, we got it. tons of people listening. But you're people, just not emailing us. So email us. Let us know. Soon we'll have a, uh, in the near future, we'll have a voicemail set up. We'll just play it on the air. So if you want to sure. if you want to send us your two cents on a film and give us your own review or suggest a film, just send us an email. It's going to get our attention. Yeah, absolutely. Like we know Russia, we know you're listening. Oh, yeah, <laughs> we're doing a special Russia episode coming up too. Yeah, we just know we just have to figure out what movies we're going to do. If you want Russia, email us. Tell us what movies you think we should review. It's to be the movie Smirnovtastic. Smirnov. Smirnovtastic episode. Smirnovtastic. <laughs> In Russia, movies suck you. And maybe we'll do the whole episode that in Russian right. accents cuz you know, I saw this movie. It was really terrible. <laughs> Must get moose and squirrel. Hey, little one, you did very good. <laughs> anyway, uh, that is Movie Sucktastic. We are signing off. Auf Wiedersehen. <laughs> All right, we'll what, see you What, What? So, no, no. Okay. We will see you later. Unless you see us first. <laughs>